Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash go vip we have a streamlined sign up form and you can pay with paypal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes from right now you can be a vip member and diving into our library pwtorch.com slash go vip it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. 
it was 10 years ago that WWE announced Raw was going from two hours to three hours. And also TNA announced that the Impact Wrestling Show would go live weekly. So we were on the precipice of a big summer with some big changes in terms of wrestling programming. And Jason Powell joined me on the flagship to talk about those topics. We reacted to that ourselves. Also, we uh, talked about poll results of how actual wrestling fans were responding to a three-hour Raw weekly format. We also took live phone calls and, and analyzed Raw from the night before and a lot more. In the previously VIP After Show, which we bring you today in our 10 years ago flashback, we discussed in detail the Ric Flair TNA controversy. Jason Powell says, you know, is this one of those times where Ric Flair's, you know, wild lifestyle and, and uh, controversial nature would catch up to him? It's just the more things change, the more they stay the same. We also uh, analyzed the pros and cons of Impact going live. And this was during the time when Hulk Hogan was trying to push his daughter, Brooke, as a pop star and trying to build a career of stardom for her. So we, uh, we, we talked about that. We tried not to be too mean. So anyway, that's what's up today. This uh, live streamed originally on May 22nd, 2012, 10 years ago this week. It is today's Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, 10 years ago, flashback for May 27th, 2022. But before we get to that, an announcement that we are running our first VIP sale of 2022. Our last sale we announced at the end of November last year, we are now running another sale. $8 off a VIP monthly subscription. So what is normally $9.99 becomes $1.99. You can apply that $8 discount with our coupon code to a three-month or one-year subscription also. So no matter what plan you choose, you get an $8 savings for a limited time. The way to get this sale is by signing up through our VIP website at pwtorch.com slash govip. That page tells you about all the VIP benefits, including a 30-plus year library of podcasts, retro radio shows, and back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter with an amazing library of insider interviews, transcripts, and audio of some of Pro Wrestling's biggest names the last 30-plus years. Uh, that also includes... Ad-free access to shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, also the PW Torch Daily Casts, and it includes access to our signature shows like Everything with Rich and Wade, which dropped yesterday, and The Fix with Todd Martin that I host every Thursday. And also, last but not least, actually not last, but um, our pay-per-view our post-pay-per-view roundtables, which will include this Sunday night after AEW Double or Nothing. You also get access to our pay-per-view roundtables on demand dating back to when we started doing them back in 2003. So if you haven't tried VIP before or you're back in the game, you want to get back in the game and gain access to everything that we do throughout the week for our VIP members, go to pwtorch.com slash govip and enter coupon code SUMMER22. That's SUMMER22. And you'll get an $8 discount off a one-month, three-month, or one-year VIP membership. We'd love to have you back. We'd love to have you try us for the first time. And if you do, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Coupon code SUMMER22. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter. 
and pwtorch.com. It is Tuesday, May 22nd, 2012, and because it's Tuesday, that means it is Jason Powell Day on the live cast. Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net joins me as usual to talk about last night's Raw and everything else wrestling. Jason, how's it going? It's going well. It's a big day. May 22nd. There's a very special vegan I know that is celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Daniel Bryan. Oh, and then you too, Wade. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Jason, last night's Raw, no Paul Heyman, no Triple H, no Brock Lesnar, no Rock, um, just a regular everyday Raw, and part of me, I found it kind of refreshing. I, I thought, that, you know, at least what was on the docket for three weeks from now, they actually put some time into. I, that, that's the bright, one of the bright sides of last night's Raw. What, what, what's a good thing coming out of last night's Raw for you? Um, AJ, I, you, <laughs> you liked this show a lot more than I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's it, AJ. That's it. Yeah, that's that segment. I mean, there. I, I can't say anything else. Really got me excited about. Uh, I just. I, I like her segment with CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a big kick out of the way. You know, and he just. Okay, stop crying. And she does, and just stares up <laughs> at him with, like like a dog waiting for a command. It was yes. awesome. That was I, great. I did think that was pretty funny, actually. Well, we're interested in your phone calls and your thoughts on Raw. Uh, the number is six four six seven two one nine eight two eight. Um, we talked about the good, so why don't we shift gears now, Jason, a minute into the show, and uh, talk about the bad. What, what did you not like about last night's show? What didn't work for you? Everything other than that. Um, no, I mean, uh, they, they are in a bad spot creatively. They are putting themselves in positions, I think, because they booked the show at the last minute to where they have all these holes. And, and I think now they're recognizing there are some holes. We saw that with John Cena trying to cover up for, well, why didn't you just pin him when you had the chance? Yeah. And to me, it, it, they're, they're paying too much attention to Twitter or something. And I, because it, for me, it was easy to just rationalize, well, he, he knew he could beat him any time. He, he was right. just, you know, going along with it and, and beating, him up, beating him up all he could, having fun with it. And when the time was right, he was going to finish him off. Yeah. But John Cena comes out there and starts talking about how Big Show can come to the ring, at, or could have come to the ring at any time and stopped it. There was nothing he could have done anyway. And I'm thinking... Wait, big, slow, big show. I know. He's going to run to the ring before the referee can count to three, before John, before John Laurinaitis would tap out. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things like that. Um, even the one that they tried to cover up. I know, you know, they had Michael Cole get cocky about it, and Big Johnny would never do it. it it's, to me, it's just another sign that somebody screwed up along the way, and I don't know if it's yep. rewrites or if it's just creative in general, and, and they're not doing a good job with this. But So I, I think they're overthinking some things and clearly not paying a t- enough attention to other, other small, well, not even small details, big details. I thought the biggest thing that John Cena, well, I don't know if it's big, one of the bigger things that John Cena did that he shouldn't have done is bring up the anonymous GM computer. Yeah. I, I, you know, because to me, it's like, if, if, you, if your best friend had a worse day ever and, and he doesn't want to talk about it, and then you just kind of flippantly bring it up now and then and bring him back to that place, you'd be like, stop reminding me of that day. The, the mystery GM was something that people invested a lot of thought and energy into. It was one of those storylines on this show. We get asked about it a lot. Poor John Piermarini, former WW creative team member who was a regular on the show last year, he got asked about it all the time. It, it was, it's one of those things where I think fans felt really deflated by it. They were excited to find out what it was. They wanted to know if their bet with their friend about who it was would pay off. And WWE didn't even give them the, the, the courtesy, the professionalism, the respect to give us a conclusion to that storyline. And I think for Cena to bring that up again, I'm just like, you know what? 
if you're gonna if you're not gonna resolve it, you don't get to talk about it. You certainly shouldn't talk about it. I thought that was a bad thing. I my spin on the stuff that you talked about, Jason. It, I, I what you said totally makes sense. I'm not really disagreeing with that as a very 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 valid point of view, especially with Cena drawing attention to the idea of why didn't I beat him up sooner? Because I'd rather had Cena say because I was having too much fun. And with the stipulations the board put out there, I thought we were foolproof. Of course, people would say to that, didn't you read the Internet all week? Everyone was guessing Big Show was going to interfere. You should have beaten Laurinaitis when you had the chance, you, you know, you dummy. Um, but, so maybe you just don't bring it up at all. The positive side of that, and also later in the show, Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler bring it up, people on Twitter going, hey, why isn't Big Show fired? And come up with the explanation. Uh, yeah, maybe they're paying, quote, too much attention to it, and maybe there's certain things they should just ignore. And that, I think, is good advice. But for WWE to actually start trying to hold themselves accountable for the storyline gaps, I'm for that. And, and I, I think even when Don West was a color commentator on TNA, he would every once in a while call out the bookers on the air about things that weren't making sense. And, and I think independent announcers who have free reign to do that is healthy for the company. Now, obviously, with Cole and Lawler, they're you know, reacting to what McMahon tells them to do and that type of thing. But with Don West, I thought, yeah, put somebody out there who's as immersed in the product. You can't do this with Booker T or Jerry Lawler. But a color commentator is totally immersed in the product and, and is following every storyline and actually thinks about it when the day is over, like Don West came across as doing. Let him say, ask those questions on the air so the bookers know what holes they have. And sometimes you don't know until you're out there watching it what those questions are, and it, even if you get egg on your face a couple times, in the long run, I think the bookers are, hold themselves more accountable if they think they're going to have to explain everything rather than just drop it this week because, well, we don't care. There's no law against it. We're just going to drop it. So part of me likes that trend that they're paying attention to questions, honest, sincere questions from wrestling fans on Twitter or Facebook, and they're realizing this bothers our viewers. Maybe we should pay attention to this. And maybe we should offer up some explanations. And I thought it was a good explanation that they had a verbal agreement on Saturday but didn't sign the deal until Monday or Sunday night. I thought that was fine. It made more sense than John Cena's explanation. So I'd kind of mix feelings on that. But if they're actually aware and not in a bubble, completely insulated from all these things that we've been talking about for you know, decades, covering this business and, and pointing out holes in storylines, if they're now going to face that criticism and hold themselves accountable and try to explain it on the air. I think even if there's a bump in the road now and then, in the long run, we might end up with a better product. First of all, there are thousands of people who want to wish you happy birthday in the chat room, so please open it. I'll take the heat. I forgot to remind Wade before we went on. See, it's a crutch. Um, I, I don't even think about it unless Jason tells me. But, uh, you know, as, as far as that, no, I'm, I'm okay with them going back and trying to cover up their mistake. Yeah. That one didn't bother me. The one that I, I felt like they're paying too much attention to Twitterville or something is, is the, was the John Cena explanation right. yeah. that I don't think many people are asking a question about. Um, it, no, I, mean, I, think and, he felt, I think his character felt guilty that he didn't beat Laurinaitis when he had a chance, but sometimes it's better off not offering a bad explanation and just moving on. I think that's your point. Yeah, exactly. And, and as far as you know, what the way they tried to cover that up, to me, it still leaves some holes. I mean, I I, I do credit them for. I mean, it's hard to credit them because they made such a just glaring mistake. And I really believe it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, slip up of whoever said the line. It was just creatively that's what they came up with, and they forgot about their own stipulation. That's bad. That's um, bad. That's true. Yeah. A couple of points on that. This though, it was the board of directors who made that statement, not John Laurinaitis. So if this board of directors that we have kind of been led to believe is just, you know, trying to call it down the line. They're, they're, yeah. not, they're not trying to side with anybody. They've been on the verge of firing Laurinaitis. Wouldn't they take offense 
to John Laurinaitis kind of manip- you know, working around their system and, and what they've set up. And then also, if you're Big Show and you are at all reluctant to do this, yeah. what's stopping you from going, okay, I'm not under contract now. I'm going to go to the ring. I'm going to punch out John Laurinaitis. John Cena's going to pin him, and I'll take my chances that the next general manager is just going to rehire me. That was the biggest storyline gap of everything. And I don't know. I, there were things I liked about Big Show's promo and things I didn't, or things that I thought were there that were good, things that were missing that needed to be there. But what, what Big Show touched on is he felt bad that nobody seemed to care about what happened to him last week. Yeah. And, and I think the good thing, a, a heel, it, uh, it's a necessary for a heel for the fans to understand the rationalization that a heel has for being a heel. And, and that's in any, it's not just pro wrestling, but that's just any, any storytelling, whether it's a novel or a TV show or a movie or whatever, a play. You, you want to at least know why the heel uh, rationalizes to themselves why they do what they do. And I thought Big Show touched on that just enough in the promo last night by saying that he was bitter and hurt that nobody seemed to care what was happening to him last week. And so he decided to kind of turn to the dark side. I mean, that's kind of what I took from that. But I agree and Cena even brought that up in his promo, this doesn't make sense, which is, you know, great words for a wrestler to be saying about their own storylines, but this doesn't make sense. There's no explanation. Why would Big Show do this when, as he said, all he had to do is let me pin Laurinaitis, and the new GM certainly would have reinstated him. Now, you could say, why would Cena draw attention to that? My response to that is, I kind of like it because I think a lot of people were thinking it, and if you have a decent explanation for it, and, and you're going to get to it, then I would say make it seem, you know, let the viewers know you've got some people writing the show with a high IQ who are noticing these things and caring about them. So I don't know. I mean, Jason, if WWE starts trying to explain away every, every gap in logic, they're going to be embarrassed for a while. Right. But I, at the same time, I think it could be uh, every week they could almost, instead of being in this bubble or not caring, if they actually are responsible for explaining these gaps, maybe in the long run they'll actually – pay more attention to this stuff as it's happening so these gaps don't get on the air. Yeah, very fair point. With Big Show, I guess the issue I had isn't the way he tried to connect what happened the week before to to his current promo. It's just that I don't think any of it has any juice. And I I just don't – it's like, oh, no one felt bad for me. Okay, where's the heat in this? Um, you, You cried like a baby. Now you sided with the guy who made you cry like a baby. There's just not that real – I like a turn when I can see, even if it's foreshadowed or even if it just comes out of the blue, when you can go back and connect dots and they make sense. And even if it's just he got jealous. You know, we've seen a lot of simplistic turns at work over the years that have worked. This one to me is just, wait, you're siding with the guy who puts you in that position in the first place. It just it doesn't ring true to me. And I, and also it's Big Show. And I like some of the things Big Show's done over the years, but – I, I just doesn't seem like it's been that long since we've seen John Cena and Big Show have a feud, and I, I just can't say I'm I'm excited about this at all. If the idea is, well, we're going to pull back a little bit, not make it so much the John Cena show, but we're going to make it, you know, 50% John Cena show, 50% Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and we're really going to give you know breathe some life into that and try to make that a you know right there with Cena as one of the big events of the show. Awesome, but I, I seeing is believing. I mean, it's just they. They didn't do it at all leading into over the women. And last night, I mean, I know Big Show turned, but I just felt like we got way too much of John Cena and Big Show again, John Laurinaitis again. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. With ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears to the uh, phone bank, Jason. We have a ton of people on hold who want to talk about this. I will note... Um, that uh, just in our, in our poll, our 1 to 10 poll on uh, pwtorch.com, 
the, uh, the vote was a strong thumbs down, 70% giving a thumbs down, 9% a five score, which I guess we consider thumbs in the middle, and then uh, 21% giving it a thumbs up. And I was in the slight thumbs up category. I was, I was okay with it, um, but I'm definitely in the minority on thinking that. And I have a feeling in the next hour you guys will make me realize that I was a complete fool for enjoying anything about the show, and it was awful because the most, the most popular score – on our 0 to 10 poll was a 0. 18% hated it so much they gave it a 0, um, with three in, scores of 3 and 4 being the other two most popular votes. So I think there's, we're going to find some hostility to the show on the phone call. So we'll it's see. It's just a year uh, old now, Wade. I mean, that's, it, it really comes down to that. You're just you're another year older. You're not seeing things like you used to. Maybe you get easily distracted and something like that. Yeah, well, you, there, there may be so much truth to that, Jason. I, you, you shouldn't be saying it anymore. God, I hope my birthday's not on a Tuesday this year. <laughs> we I need to look that up. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, uh, let's go to the phone lines and uh, see what, uh, what the callers have in store. The number to reach us, by the way, is uh, 646-721-9828. That's 646-721-9828. Um, don't forget tomorrow, Pat McNeil will be hosting the live cast. And then uh, Thursday, Greg Parks and James Caldwell, as usual. And on Friday, I've got uh, a few different possible guests in the works, but nothing confirmed. But interview Friday, this coming Friday, tune in for that, heading into the Memorial Day weekend. If you haven't yet, check out last Friday's interview with Chris Cruz. We've had some nice comments by email, Twitter, and Facebook on uh, the Chris Cruz interview. He spent over an hour on the live cast and nearly an hour on the VIP after show with uh, some very uh, frank comments, uh, very forthcoming comments about his opinions on uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, some of the Jim Ross, um, some good, some bad, some very harsh comments and uh, thoughts on the current state of the wrestling industry and uh, some fascinating stories about his days uh, working in PR for the WWF in the yeah. couple weeks leading up to WrestleMania. I thought that was really interesting. It was. I, I actually was listening to that on my way home from the Van Halen concert on Saturday night. So I haven't had a chance to listen to all of it, but I got up to, you know, during that part of it and was uh, really enjoying that. I definitely plan on uh, catching up on, on the rest of the interview. Excellent. Very good. So, yeah, that's available at, uh, at blogtalkradio.com slash pro-wrestling-torch. That is the place to go if you want to listen to us live. We're here Tuesday through Friday at, starting at 5.30 Eastern, 4.30 Central, 2.30 Pacific Time, and 3.30 Mountain Time. Might as well cover all of them. I don't know Hawaii, though, so I'm not going to get into that. But uh, 5.30 Eastern, Tuesday through Friday. And on Mondays, we air live in the hour leading up to Raw. Yesterday, Bruce Mitchell hosted with co-host Travis Bryant of the East Coast Audio Show, also available on iTunes. You can do a search for East Coast Cast in iTunes. All right. Uh, as promised, we now move to the phone banks, and we'll begin with area code 501. Uh, thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. This is Chad from Arkansas. Hey, Chad, what have you got for us today? Uh, I'm a first-time Tuesday livecast caller. Uh, I've called the other shows a handful of times. I've been a member of The Torch and the .NET for about a year, and I'm a high school football coach and teacher, and we just got to school yesterday, so this is my first time calling the Tuesday show. And first, I just want to thank you, too, for all the work you do, and I really enjoy listening to your shows and reading your work. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for your support. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, I've got a couple questions. First one is, uh, as bad as the creative is right now in WWE and the booking, uh, and they, I've heard you guys say back in the early to mid-90s, it was this bad. Was the th same things being said back then that are being said now about how it's, the creative's bad, there's a chance it could go under? And I was just wondering if the same things were being said back then that are now. Yeah. Ep, ep, yeah, 
<laughs> I've done this 25 years, and there's been stretches of time where it's been good and not a ton of complaining because um, when, the, when the good is really, really good, it can kind of drown out some of, the, some of the stuff that's not as good. But even during the Attitude Era when there were some really hot shows, there were still reasons you know, to complain. But obviously when the ratings are going up, um, you're, you're, it's a little less doomsday than when the ratings are going down. But throughout the late 90s with WCW into the year 2000, um, there was you know, a lot of concern about that company, especially when they, oh, gee, expanded Nitro to three hours while also having yeah. another two-hour show on the schedule later in the week. Uh, we haven't even touched on that yet, Jason. Um, that, that's, that's when a lot of people grew concerned because you, just, you can't do a three-hour wrestling show every week. And, I mean, it hasn't been done. Um, Stephanie McMahon was bragging about how, uh, you know, how there's never been a weekly three-hour show before in primetime. I'm like, there's a reason for that. It's not a good idea. Oh, except for there has. It was called Nitro. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even cross my mind that it was also inaccurate what she said and that she probably doesn't want to even. It, it actually, what does that say, Jason, that she didn't even, I didn't even think about it when she said it because I was thinking of other categories of shows. But, yeah, the only other three-hour show in prime time that's a year-round series was Nitro. And I think Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff said in the Torch Talk that I did with him, like a five-hour interview a couple years ago, um, he said uh, that it was either Nitro going to three hours or Thunder being added to the schedule. I think it was both in combination that if he had to narrow down one thing that caused the demise of WCW, it would be those decisions. And I, it just makes me nervous. But to get back to Chad's question, Yes. Um, if you listen to old Torch audio um, or read the back issues of the Torch that we put up from 5, 10, and 20 years ago every week, you'll see a lot of people concerned about the future of WCW even before the boom period. And so, you know, and they went on to have some great years. And with WWF, uh, 20 years ago, the back issues that we're running now and the old Pro Wrestling Focus radio shows that I hosted 20 years ago that we put up for VIP members once a week, you'll hear a lot of people calling up, the steroid scandal, um, uh, concern about uh, attendance, concern about who's going to be the next big star now that Hulk Hogan has left. Um, in fact, the uh, interview I put up this past weekend from 20 years ago on my old Pro Wrestling Focus radio show was with Jim Ross, and he spent a whole hour on the show talking about the steroid scandals and the loss of Hogan and the WWF and, and all that kind of thing. And, and you'll hear similar things. It's actually kind of fascinating to hear some of the same complaints, you know, 20 years ago on that radio show or 10 years ago in the Torch newsletter. So, it's not the only time, but Jason, um, throwing to you on this, it, it is kind of an ominous time for WWE when they make the move that a lot of people think is one of the primary, if not the number one reason, that Nitro just really lost itself creatively and burned out the viewers. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I wrote a blog on Friday about this. I, I just see it as a cash grab by WWE. Uh, their answer to Wall Street and their, their, their numbers not being what they want them to be financially. And, uh, I, I, I think it's being done for that reason more than anything. Nitro, at least you could make a case, if memory serves, they had a hotter product than what WWE feels like they do now. Yeah, deeper and, roster, more stars. And it still seemed like a bad move, you know. Yeah. And um, it, it, to me, it's just it, it's a really bad decision, a short-term vision that, that WWE has of just inflating the, the value of their stock and, and being able to boast about uh, how their revenue is up more so than it is about, you know, what's best for long-term business. And, hey, I hope we're sitting here a year from, you know, whenever the launch date is going, wow, this has really turned out to be a great move for WWE. But I just don't think we are. And when you see shows like last night and even the week before, you really start to, to, to get afraid of the future for WWE because, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but they, they can't produce 
compelling two-hour yeah. television shows on a regular basis, and now they're going to try to spread this out over three hours? Good luck with that. Well, coming off of last week's show, which was one of the worst in a long time, and I just I, I like last night's show quite a bit more than the week before, um, but that's not really saying a lot either. But, uh, yeah, this is this, the, the week to make the decision is the week after you can't even come up with two hours of a show with both access to Raw and SmackDown wrestlers, and you put out this mediocre show, uh, not even mediocre, this really universally panned show, and that's the week you choose to announce you're going to three hours? I, I just don't know. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. Uh, Chad, any, uh, any follow-up from you? One more. Um, yesterday I talked to Bruce, and I asked him, you know, should wrestling fans be legitimately concerned that in three to five years that the WWE, you know, go bankrupt, go under, whatever? And it's got me thinking and kind of worried, you know, in five years, if WWE was to shut down, you know, what would the landscape of wrestling be? Um, could it be a thing where in two to three years, if, you know, the ship is sinking and they know there's, you know, nothing they can do with someone, uh, Triple H and Stephanie, try to pony up the money to buy a TNA? Or what, what would you think would happen if it did go under? Uh, Jason, what do you think? First of all, I, I would, I'm more concerned about the network being something that would you know, push it in that direction than I am expanding to three hours. I mean, I, I don't think this is a good move either, but the network is a, is a much bigger financial investment. It's a lot harder just to pull the plug on. I'd like to think that if, if this three, move to three hours just was clearly a mistake, that even if Vince McMahon was stubborn, USA Network would step in and go, you know what, we're going back to two hours. I'm sorry, this isn't working out. Yeah. And, and, and so hopefully that would happen. You know, I mean, it, it's if, – if they were – let's say if WWE just went under, I mean, I guess you just hope that Ring of Honor, TNA, et cetera, were, were in a better position than they are now. Um, I mean, it – I, I, I know people always like to think, well, you'd see the return of the territories. And no, I mean, someone would try to make a go of it nationally, but uh, it just depends how much damage was done. And, you know, if, if the right person came along with deep enough pockets that was really committed to it and really had good ideas, maybe another promotion could, could, could fill that void. Maybe TNA would be in a better place by then. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think it would be pretty, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating question. Um, I think pro wrestling is just too ingrained in this culture to just go away. And I uh, think you know what, has, though? I think they probably said that in Japan about five years ago, and it looks like it's heading in that direction. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. But I still, I, I think in, in, in the United States, the performance on cable television historically is, gonna, is going to lead to something making it onto the air on a TNA level. 
on a Spike TV level cable network. Sure. I think that's almost inevitable. I think there's enough talented wrestlers, enough fans who are nostalgic for it, who even if it went away, I don't think it would entirely go away, but if it did for a year or two and then, it, and then, it, and then a big company got behind it, you know, a big investor, one of the cable companies essentially you know, did what Turner did. They started up or you know, bought or started up their own company. I just, I'm not as doomsday about it completely going away. I, I honestly think MMA could go away before pro wrestling. That would be my prediction. Because um, MMA just doesn't have as long of a track record um, as, uh, as pro wrestling. It's, so I, I don't know. I just, my feeling is one way or the other, even if WWE went under, that, that somebody else would rise up. And it might be Paul Heyman getting some investors together um, and, uh, you know, or, or a couple wrestlers who are a lot smarter than we even realize who have studied this industry and they're active right now. And in a few years, they just decide to, uh, you know, get together. But it would be it would be a fascinating time, but a scary time for people who really love pro wrestling as you know a weekly staple in their, uh, you know, as, as part of their lives. And I don't think Vince McMahon will probably let it get to that point. But you know, Vince is 65 years old, and or give or take, and uh, and and semi, you know, kind of semi crazy, you know, and he had to be crazy to do what he did for WrestleMania one. But he's, you know, we're seeing the downside of that as he gets kind of intoxicated with the whole Wall Street mentality. And I think it's. It's hurting the company. I mean, I, I wrote Keller's takes on uh, on this expansion of Raw to three hours, two of them late last week, in the uh, Keller's take section on the website and also on the app that people can read if they haven't yet. Uh, first of all, explaining why it was an awful, horrible, maybe the worst decision of all time in pro wrestling. Um, and then uh, and then my second column was, you know, here's three or four or five things they're unlikely to do, but if they did them, that I think it could at least help make that third hour work. And Jason, we'll probably get more into that on the uh, on the after show unless other callers bring it up. Uh, Chad, I appreciate the call. Thank you. And, guys, uh, I'm a huge Razorback fan, and you guys drafted, the Vikings drafted two of our best receivers, so you guys are really going to enjoy watching those guys. Oh, I love to hear that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I love to hear that, too, because we, uh, we, need, we need receivers badly. The Chris, yeah. I mean, we, like the Vikings, Jason, growing up with them, we always had good receivers, or almost always. And, you know, it's, it's been, you know, from Ahmad Rashad to Chris Carter to Randy Moss and, you know, Actually, a number of other good ones along the way. It's just Anthony Carter. I mean, we still have one very good one in Percy Harvin. It's just he's, you know, he's not Randy Moss. I think we got a little spoiled right. up here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always remember watching the other teams and they didn't have a receiver, and I'm like, how hard is it to have a good receiver? The Vikings always have, you know, a Pro Bowl or borderline Pro Bowl receiver, but now we're been in a drop. But anyway, too many people on hold to talk Vikings today. Let's go next to eight six two. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Kylan from North New Jersey. Hey, Kylan, what have you got for us today? Okay, first off, happy birthday, Wade. Thank you. By the way, not everybody is obliged to wish me happy birthday. You can, yes. but you don't. I, I will not take it personally if you want to get right to your question. Yes, you will. Don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> um, I, I have three things for you. Kylan, just pick the best one. Kylan, I'm going to have to ask you to pick the best one because I'm literally staring at 15 phone calls on hold. Oh, okay. So. Um, with, with the... With the Revolution video campaign, five. Uh oh, Kylan, call us back. I uh, my laptop, which I'm logged into today instead of a, my regular computer, just uh, accidentally hung up on you because of the settings on my trackpad. I apologize for that. When eight six two comes up again, I will get to you right away, Kylan. I apologize for that. I heard something about the revolution. Now, I, unfortunately, that was all I made out. So yeah, let's let's we'll let Kylan call back in this whole whole question out, and we'll uh, just go to the next caller here. Let's go to uh, two hundred four next. Thanks, two hundred four. Please state your name and where you're from. Oh, two hundred four, are you there? Two. Maybe. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, now we can. Yep. Sorry, Wade. 
No problem. Hey, it's uh, Sean for people who know good wrestling on Facebook. How you doing, guys? Uh, doing good. What have you got for us? Yeah, I just wanted I wanted to actually uh, comment on the uh, revolution thing actually real quick. Uh, I seen the video and somebody said that they noticed Matt Morgan in it, and somebody talked earlier. I was wondering if the rumors were true. If uh, Matt Morgan and um, Matt Morgan and someone else, TNA, Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley. TNA. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if uh, the rumors were in fact true, and uh, if so, do you guys? I could see Matt Morgan maybe coming on and having a decent program, but I mean, could also see Alex Shelley getting stuck in FCW or something like that, and it would be an awful shame because uh, he's a really talented guy. Happy birthday, Wade! And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Absolutely, good, uh, good topic, Jason. What do you? I mean, I'm hearing there's something to Alex Shelley coming in, and, and there's actually something to uh, WWE maybe using him as one of the anchors in a new cruiserweight style division to fill that part of that extra time on Raw starting in July. Um, what are you hearing on Shelley and Matt Morgan? Um, Morgan, I mean, you've had him on the show. He's talked about his contract status there. I would just refer to people to that. Uh, looking at the the clip that the frozen clip. I, I mean, to me, it looks like CM Punk, but other people are getting Matt Morgan out of it, so I, you know, I'm not going to go through it like the Zapruder film, as a lot of people are doing. Um, I, I think Morgan would be a, a very good addition to WWE. I just don't know contractually where things stand with him. Uh, Alex Shelley, yeah, I mean, if w, there's been talk about WWE doing a cruiserweight show for the network. Now, you know, you're hearing that it might be more than that. They might start, you know, launch a full-on cruiserweight division for with the expansion of Raw. I like the idea. What I worry about with Alex Shelley is, is the reputation he had in TNA was that they would try to get him and Chris Saban as the machine guns to slow down, hit specific, you know, save your high spots for certain points. And, the, I mean, this is rep. He and Saban may have a different story on it, but the reputation they had was they would get the, yeah, okay, okay, and then they go out there and work the same style match they always did. WWE, I think, I, I just don't see them suddenly going, go out there and do anything you want out there. I think there would be an adjustment period for Alex Shelley, but very talented performer, I, I, and uh, if he could work within their parameters, I, I think he would be a really nice addition to any cruiserweight division. Yeah, and I, I think Alex Shelley might, like a lot of people, respect what WWE tells him more than what the people in TNA tell him as far as what to do in the ring. When you're getting paid as little as Alex Shelley was in TNA, and you sort of feel like every time you go out there, you just got to get yourself over so you can get indie dates and maybe audition for WWE. You know, it might have worked against him a little bit in, uh, in the eyes of TNA management, but maybe, you know, in the long run, he just wanted to go out and show his stuff. But that was an issue. I think it frustrated Terry Taylor to no end when he was an agent and a producer for that, sh- for that show and, and others. And Going back to Jim Cornette also, I think. I, yeah. I always heard it was Taylor and Cornette. Uh, yep. They both tried at different times. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, Matt Morgan, I mean, he, what he said on the show was his contract wasn't up until fall, and I don't think they're going to, uh, the revolution thing is going to last until fall, but it also doesn't make any sense for CM Punk to be part of the revolution. I don't know what, what that would be. So, I mean, I'm intrigued. Jason, do you have any, any working theories on this? Well, you know, I, okay, my, my theories were that, well, you know, if it's some kind of revolution, it could be something against John Laurinaitis. It seemed a little premature yeah. because they launched it just before the, the possibility of him being fired and, and that match came up. Then it was, well, you know, if you look at the FCW roster, a couple of guys that I think you could do some fun things with, if it's not a group, if it's just for a single person, would be Dean Ambrose and uh, also Seth Rollins, a.k.a. Tyler Black. But now I know Mike Johnson over at PWInsider.com is reporting. You're ready for this, folks. If, if what Mike's hearing is accurate, it's for a video game. Uh, 
So well, the thing that's got people buzzing more than anything about Raw is for a video game. Yeah. Well, then it would, that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I, we should all have learned our lesson from the Mystery GM and Chris Jericho and the little girl and all these things that we spend our time thinking about, which is what a viral campaign or a mystery campaign teaser video series should do. But, you know, pretty soon people will stop caring if that's the approach they take. Sean, well, next week for sure, by the way. They, they, you know, they're saying the revolution comes to WWE on May 28th, I guess it would be. Yeah, and I, I don't see... I, I don't know what Alex Shelley's contract status was, um, and I don't think they'd build the campaign around him, but maybe if they had a number of wrestlers, you know, in some sort of group, and Alex Shelley was one of them, maybe, but I don't even see them putting that kind of time into it. I don't know. I, I, I don't either. And, and yeah. By the way, we... we I mean, there's a lot of good things happening about TNA, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point today, but um, doing a a series of vignettes or or just video packages leading to the return of the machine gun and promising the best is yet to come when the guy's contract was about to expire. Are you kidding me? Uh Uh-huh. It's very TNA. Come on. And, And this is new talent relations now. You can't even blame Terry Taylor anymore. Nope. I agree. I agree. I just think they felt like he has no options and we're going to treat him like crap and what's he going to do? Go pump gas, you know, go, go lay, you know, whatever negative cliched stereotype they have about what the fallback plan is for wrestlers. Um, they used it on Alex Shelley and uh, Alex Shelley is incredibly talented and should have had options. And I don't know. I just think the people running the wrestling industry didn't quite get him or have yet to kind of figure out, you know, his personality. So we'll see. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at PWTorch and follow me at The Wade Keller. That's at PWTorch and at The Wade Keller. All right, up next, uh, 616. Thanks for holding. Uh, please state your name and where you're from. Hi, this is Eric from Grand Rapids. How are you doing? Happy birthday. Uh, thanks, Eric. What have you got for us? Um, first of all, they don't, last time you see, we saw Christian, he was getting destroyed by CM Punk, and there's no, there was nothing. Um, they didn't really explain a babyface turn. And then, then with, uh, with Jason, I totally agree. I usually, when you do your hits and misses, I usually disagree once. I didn't, agree, I didn't disagree with any, you on anything. You hit it right on the head. And thank you very much. Oh, wow. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Jason, What? Uh, explain what your stance was on Christian. Uh, well, I mean, with Christian, I, basically what he's saying, there was no heel turn there. And right now, he, he, I don't even think it's because there wasn't a turn. It's just he feels flat, you know, very flat. And uh, he, they, they, they bring him back. They have him win the Battle Royal. They have him win the Intercontinental title. He should be over. And, I mean, you would think, but – just because of the the, the little the, the the lesson value, I guess, of, of the Intercontinental title, it just doesn't mean anything when a guy wins it. He's been a world champion. It feels like he's taking a step back. And then it, rather than just, you know, recognize that, okay, it wasn't all that hot on the pay-per-view. We better do something with him here on Raw. They have Justin Roberts giving this huge introduction, mentioning all those things, and he gets this half-hearted reaction from the crowd and he goes and beats Jinder Mahal. Like, all of a sudden, people are going to go, oh, yeah, now I'm into this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is weird when a guy goes away and then he comes back and they just treat him differently. Didn't they do that with Edge a few years they, back? They do that with a lot of guys lately yeah. when they get hurt. It's, and, and it's either they switch brands or they switch from babyface to heel or vice versa. Yeah. And it's obnoxious. It's annoying. I mean, I, I just, 
I just think they should respect the audience more and have a greater attention to detail. And, I, and I'm a stickler for that. With you know, with Christian, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, there should be some sort of follow up on why or some sort of explanation for why this guy who, if he, you know, the thing is, if you're doing your job as an organization, fans should be booing him when he comes back. You know, I mean, the fact that they're either indifferent or even cheering him a little bit, which at the pay-per-view, they were kind of happy. It seemed like they were happy when the battle world. They weren't treating him like a heel that they hated. I just think they should hope their fans have a longer memory of who these characters are, but that's the harm in turning people so often. You just don't know. You know you're not quite sure who they are. And uh, you, don't, you don't react with surprise to the actions that they take. Another uh, attention to detail. Why is CM Punk booking... Daniel Bryan's opponent. Um, at last I checked, CM Punk, as much as John Cena, hates John Laurinaitis and the feeling's mutual. Yeah. So where did Punk get the right to book Daniel Bryan against Kane? I know. I know. <laughs> I agree with that, too. Um, it is Sometimes you just wonder. I mean, I, where, I, there have to be people on the writing team who know better than this, you know, and, and they just have given up on caring. Yep. But what about... Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, the people at the top, like, they just literally must not think it matters and they don't care. And I just think a little bit more attention or a lot more attention, that kind of detail, is one of the cheapest ways to get people to get more invested emotionally in your product. I mean, everybody, everybody listening to these words is on guard about ever investing in anything because of a lot of, a lot of things. Christian is a heel, comes back as a face. Mystery GM, who could it be? Who could it be? Months and months and months and months and months of wondering, and then it just gets dropped with no explanation. Every wrestling fan learns, don't get all that into it. Oh, I hate Sheamus. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I hate, uh, I hate Alberto Del Rio. And then they show him at a charity event, wrapping his arm around kids, smiling for a photo op with Sheamus. Um, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to hate Del Rio, even though he has one worker for every car he owns. I mean, uh, it's just... At some point, you know, you have to have an integrity to the, to the characters and the storylines and a reason for us to feel a certain way about them, and it's, it's frustrating. Wait, how many workers do you have at the Torch, and how many cars do you own? <laughs> um, I, I can't count. <laughs> I wouldn't even begin to count. All right. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, we'll leave that up to people's imaginations. All right, let's go back, as promised, to uh, Kylan. He did call back. Uh, Kylan, you can ask your uh, question on Revolution if you want, or you can uh, choose one of your other topics if we covered it for you. I I decided to swap that out uh, as I was cut off. Uh, one of my other topics was with, with Jim Ross being bought back into the announce booth. Do you perhaps believe that WWE will do what you suggested, Wade, and go to the old school Nitro? process of switching out announcers and letting JR call half of Raw once it goes to three hours on sure. July 23rd. Uh, good question. Yeah, I brought that up last, I guess, last week around a VIP update. I could, I'm not sure. Maybe with Chris Cruz on Friday I brought it up. Um Jason, what do you think about that idea with Raw going three hours? I thought it was a pretty clever thing Nitro did. They did it when it was two hours. Uh, after one hour, they would switch off. can't remember the order. Uh, did Shivani start off for the first hour, and then Eric Bischoff came out um, afterwards and, and took over, and Heenan and Zabisco also switched places halfway oh, through God. the show? Yeah. And, and so then with the three-hour Nitro, they did the same thing. An hour and a half into the show, they'd you know, replay the music, reset the show, and switch announcers. I think part of it, uh, part of it was keep, you know, keep the sound of the show fresh and get different voices. Um, 
part of it may have to do may have had to do. I, I, it's actually a good question to ask Eric that I didn't. You know, he may have just wanted to get backstage or be backstage for parts of the show, uh, helping run it. It also may have been just a syndication, uh, a ratings thing where they had to do some sort of official changeover in order for the sh- for each viewer who watched both hours to be counted twice, uh, which was Vince McMahon's old gimmick with. Uh, uh, with Raw, uh, with uh, uh, Raw, what did they? Uh, Warzone, Raw's War and Warzone. He called each hour a separate name, so that every viewer who tuned into Raw's War would also get counted if they stuck around long enough to watch Warzone, and he could brag about them as two viewers uh, during the week instead of one. It's a weird little quirk in the way that worked. But anyway, um, what do you think about that, Jason? Have, for instance, Michael Cole and, and uh, uh, I'm trying, Jerry Lawler, or Michael Cole and somebody for the first hour and a half, and then Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler for the second hour and a half. If it if it gets Jim Ross back uh, on television, great. I I don't think the two are related. I, I mean, I think they look. You know, NXT is Triple H's baby. Ross is involved in at, to some level. You know, in in Hunter's developmental plan. I think you know Jim Ross was a, a big um, one of the creators, I believe, of the developmental system. And so I think Triple H probably leans on him to some extent and wants wants him involved in that process. And so if part of it is part of his duties are being there once a month to call TV or whatever the taping is going to be great and, and you know but I don't think it's necessarily connected to him returning to raw but in general I mean just in theory I, I like what you're proposing um, I, I do worry that if, if WWE they would reverse the order we'd get Jim Ross for the first half yeah. of the show then they'd bring out Michael Cole and wonder why their ratings kept dropping at that point oh we better get rid of Jim Ross it's, it's his fault damn it Speaking of ratings, uh, Raw last night did a 3.04, up from the 2.94. Um, so I, I would I would think they're happy to be back above, uh, you know, back above the 3.0 waterline at this point. Jason, any uh, are you surprised by that, or does it make some sense with Cena back in the mix wrestling in the main event? Um, I, no, I mean I, I guess I, I would have expected the show to do a, a a little bit better than last week. I don't know if I would have thought they would have shot up back over the 3.0 mark, but, you know, probably round up to it. Yeah. And um, I, I just wonder if there was some interest in, well, did that Laurinaitis, did he get fired? And you know, a little bit of post-pay-per-view interest, because I do think that's one of those shows that there probably uh, weren't too many people ordering. And in some cases, you know, I, I know there's sites like, there plenty of sites like ours out there, but... I just don't know how many people really cared all that much on Sunday night to go out of their way to find out, you know, at least it, it, right. as many as usual. Yeah. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app.
All right. Uh, up next, we'll go to uh, 914. Uh, 914, please state your name and where you're from. 914, are you there? All right. We've got plenty of colors to choose from, so we'll choose the ones who can speak. And uh, we'll go next to uh, 708. 708, can you hear us? Boris from Chicago. Hey, Boris. Thanks for calling. What do we got for us today? Is your joke here? Um, why did the, um, the new X, NXT come out there and then get scooted off like little kids? What are you talking about, Boris? When the next came out and jumped on Cena? Yeah. Why did they come out there and then get scooted out? Because he, he, you know, he told them, why are you, why are you, what are you doing? Just oh. Go in the back. Why did Lauren Knight yeah. say that? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jason, what what do you think of that? I thought that I... Was Laurinaitis, my only interpretation of that was Laurinaitis was trying to cover his butt with a board yeah. in that maybe he did order them out, and then once they did their job, he pretended like he, he had nothing to do with it. That was, that was my stretching to kind of try to make sense of it. That's exactly what I thought, too, is he oh, okay. you know, just, just trying to cover himself, and, and yep. you know, I, I wasn't responsible for this. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, good. Good point, Boris. Uh, 914, I'll try you one more time. Are you, uh, are you there? All right. Guess not. So... We will now move to a 914. It looks like they dropped off. All right, so up next is uh, 347. 347, please state your name and where you're from. Hello. Hey, th- uh, 347. Or, uh, seven- Hello. Oh, 718. Uh, hi, uh, David hey. from Brooklyn. Hey, David, thanks for calling. Welcome to the show. Um, what you I, want to, I want to talk about uh, Samoa Joe's tweet. I don't know if you sent I sent it all to you on Twitter, James. I don't know if you saw it. I'm not James, I'm Wade, and I didn't see it, but go ahead. No, no. Uh, or Jason. Um, well, he suggested that he's on the way out also. He wrote something about going abroad and um, setting up with old nemesis. Do you guys know hmm. if he's on the way out also? Uh, interesting. Jason, uh, what do you think? Uh, news to me. I'm looking up the Twitter. I mean, I, I guess I could have missed one, and I'm just going to trust. Yeah, that's right. Joe does have his own. I wanted to, That was my first concern, but uh, now I recognize it. So... Um, I'm looking right now. Uh, it just says interesting developments today. Might be headed abroad soon, hopefully to get into a scrap with an old nemesis. Uh, um, I, I, it doesn't really read to me like it. Just says he might be going abroad soon. For all we know, he's going abroad with TNA. You know, I mean, they're, they're, if they're doing some promotional stuff or if he's got a little, you know, some indie thing outside TNA, it just didn't read to me like he's necessarily, you know, he's he's making a bold statement that he's leaving. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, we might be reading too much into that. It's probably, I mean, we'll ask around, see what he means by that. It's one of the downsides of Twitter and their, what is it, 100, 144 character limit, something like that. Sounds right to me. Sometimes you can, uh, we can end up reading too much into things, and that can work against us. But I don't know. I mean, uh, Samoa Joe going to uh, – I'd be intrigued to see what Vince McMahon would do with him if he, if he were able to get his hands on him. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see it. I, I, I'm very surprised he hasn't ended up there. I mean, you know, for all I, – I, the story seems to be that WWE didn't have interest, which surprises me, especially with Punk being in a, in a prominent position in that company. You'd think he'd be able to kind of – talk some sense into them maybe he wasn't at the time that joe was available i don't know and, and i also do wonder with you know joe might just be that guy too that you know, tna frustrates him and, and he knows that he's not always used to uh, uh the best of his uh, of his ability but at the same time he's you know family man he's he has a kid now and maybe that was a, a factor that maybe he didn't pursue it as aggressively as he would have at one time for all we know yep uh all right i uh, appreciate the call let's uh 
move next to uh, area code 512. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Hey, Wade, this is Dave from Austin. Hey, Dave. Thanks for calling. What have you got for us? Um, I'm trying to bang this out for you. I know you got other callers. Uh, uh, since going VIP, one thing I've really enjoyed is uh, listening to you and uh, Dave Meltzer. Uh, some of your older, uh, I guess, uh, uh, radio broadcasts. Uh, I'd love, I'd love to have uh, uh, Jason Stone in the mix there. Uh, just to be basically my three favorite wrestling journalists from all, all together. Uh, my question is, is what, what is currently, I guess, your relationship with uh, Meltzer? Do you guys ever collaborate still? Uh, I guess that would be a question for both of you guys. Uh, given uh, that you guys all are very uh, well-respected uh, journalists in the in the business, uh, I'll uh, just uh, hear what you have to say about that and happy birthday. All right, thank you. Um, yeah, Dave, I get asked this a decent amount. Um, I haven't talked to Dave in years. Uh, Bruce Mitchell, who's been with the Torch for over 20 years, talks to Dave a lot um, and talks to me a lot, and so he's kind of our he's kind of our surrogate. He's kind of our middleman. Um, we just, I mean, it, for, for all kinds of reasons, when we used to talk for, I don't know, maybe, I bet eight hours a week on the phone um, in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, we probably had talked to each other almost every day for an hour and sometimes two or three hours. And, I mean, it just was a different world then, and we were both, you know, newer. Uh, the newsletter industry was newer at that point. Um, but, I mean, there really wasn't, like, a falling out or anything like that. I think we just got so busy. The Internet changed things. Our, our networks expanded. Um, our lives changed. But, I mean, I don't – I've got nothing uh, but respect for what he does over at the Wrestling Observer. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, I mean, no, there's really no falling out. I mean, I, I just – I think we're so busy with our own audio shows and doing our, you know, doing our jobs. And he covers MMA, too. And I got the MMA Torch website. It's just – I don't think there's a lot of time for us to just kick back and talk, talk on the phone like we used to. We're just kind of in a different place. So – um, you know, he kind of does his thing, and I do mine. Now, Jason, you want to talk about that at all? I despise no, I, um, no, <laughs> like you. I mean, uh, total respect for what Dave's accomplished over the years, and um, I don't talk to him, but we've exchanged emails at different times. And when uh, UFC came to the Twin Cities, um, you know, I, I asked if he was interested in grabbing a bite to eat before or after the show, and he was. But unfortunately, that was one of the few shows that Yahoo didn't actually end up sending him to. So it uh, would have been nice to meet Dave in person after all these years, but uh, no such luck. Yeah, and I mean, Dave and I have gone to wrestling shows together. We sat uh, next to each other at, uh, was it uh, Madison Square Garden for, for uh, one of the big shows out there in the early 90s? I should remember exactly the show, but I can't. But we were joking the whole time that since we got comp tickets from WWE that we, were surround, that we had somebody sitting next to us who was listening in on what we were saying to report back, um, to, report back to, uh, to headquarters about it. If, you know, if we spilled any of our sources or – you know, said anything that would get me. So we, were, we, we made up stuff. Like we, talk, but we were having a great time because we were talking about uh, we, like, took the people who would, who would get in the most trouble if they were our sources, and we arranged ahead of time that we would talk loud enough for people around us to hear, but in a way that would sound like we were trying to be secretive. And we outed, like, two or three people who were our sources to each other. And uh, we're, so we, we had fun messing around. And we, uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, we've had good times. It's, it's, yeah, so anyway, I mean, probably enough on that with everything else going on. Uh, but appreciate the question. Let's, uh, let's move next to uh, 862. No, I already did 862. So up next is uh, 601 then. Uh, 601, thanks for holding. Please your name and where you're from. How are you doing? Happy birthday, Wade. Thanks, Kevin. What have you got for us? 
Well, like I, uh, like you told me, uh, I went on to the CNA house show since we knew uh, WWE over there was traditional. And uh, Bullet Ray, he's the kid wrestler of the year. He started off by saying uh, he beats up women and children. He started bullying this little five-year-old kid. I stepped up to him, and me and Bullet Ray, we were face-to-face. We kept going in. Uh, Mr. Anderson, he was great on the mic. He, he was doing a little promo, and I literally made him stop. I busted out with a candy. He stopped, pointed at me, and told me, I know. And overall, everybody goes to support the that house shows. And what I had for the day was wrestling booking. Do you think it would be better for old wrestlers to be booking WWE versus the uh, Hollywood soap opera writers they have today because something's not still clicking? Yeah. And that's all I have today. That's an interesting question. It's, it's, been, a, uh, it's been a transition in the last uh, dozen or so years where, Jason, the booking has really been done by people who were not wrestlers. And that wasn't the case. I mean, you go back in time, you know, even Gary Hart was a booker, you know, was a booker for World Class Championship Wrestling, for instance, but people know him as a manager, but he was a wrestler first. And, uh, you know, Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman have done a lot of booking. They were never actually wrestlers. I mean, they've wrestled, but they didn't start, they started their careers as managers or photographers, actually. Um, but, you know, bookers generally were former wrestlers, and we've seen a movement away from that. And, I, you know, I don't really count Stephanie McMahon as, a, as an ex-wrestler um, when she took over the creative department. I mean, she dabbled in wrestling, but, you know, she was raised in the industry. as She didn't get in as a wrestler and then learn the ropes, and eventually some promoter noticed and said, hey, you're really smart. You really get this business. I'm going to promote you. It was sort of like... You know, the job was hers if she wanted it, at the, you know, even if she had the bare minimum of requirements just based on her family. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022, you can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. So I do wonder what would happen if, if wrestlers... You know, the smartest wrestler in the locker room, not the ones who don't care and just go out and do their job and leave um, and don't really care and don't really think about that side of the business, but the ones who are students of the game. I do wonder how different things would be if more of them were involved. Michael Hayes, Dusty Rhodes, two bookers uh, or, you know, TV creative team members in WWE in recent years. Michael Hayes still on staff. There are things that I see on SmackDown where I'm just like, really, Michael Hayes, let this get through? So it's not like that's the cure-all for all the things that go wrong. But I think it would help, Jason, on every creative team to have a respected wrestler who ideally drew some money, but not nece- it's not necessarily a requirement, but somebody with a wrestling, and I don't want to say old school mentality, because that's so easy to dismiss if you're currently in the industry and you don't believe in that, but just uh, a, a respect for the tradition and the history of what works in this industry and a knowledge of what works and why in this very unique form of 
kind of combat entertainment. Um, uh, Jace, your thoughts on wrestlers' role in booking versus non-wrestlers? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely like to see more wrestler involvement, especially in the WWE side. But I think the issue with the WWE side of things, that if, if you were a longtime wrestler and you've been on the road all those years, do you really want to take that job where you're in an office for so much of the week? And you know, I know they have home and away teams, so I mean, you can be on the road and all that too. But it, it just I don't think it's something that's going to appeal to a lot of former wrestlers. That and uh, I because I've, I've I've known some that had some interest, and then when you, you get down and explaining what the schedule is actually like, they, they shy away quickly. And TNA, you know, I mean, Bruce Pritchard, um, you know, grew up in the wrestling industry. It's good to see him involved in there at, at some level. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to that. And I know I'm going to be, if anyone's listening to the show that doesn't like Bruce, I'll be getting some emails about that comment. But, um, you know, I mean, he grew up in the, in the industry. They also have, um, uh, oh, I'm, why am I blanking on the kid's name? Uh, who is Russo's right hand? Matt Conway, who's you know a non-wrestler type. Eric Bischoff been in the industry for many years, um, but there's yeah there's not that wrestler that's involved creatively. Now I did hear, and I, I don't know if this is official, that Al Snow is is a little more involved, maybe in the meetings on on some occasions. But I think it probably is more related to what you know he's doing in developmental perhaps even with the gut check so i don't think like i don't want to get now through that i'm saying that he's officially part of creative because i'm because i'm not saying that at all but um yeah i mean i i think they would be it would be a wise move to get them in there particularly if it's not current wrestlers who are first priority are you know going to be what they're doing and uh but with with vince mcmahon i i mean Wait, it's by design. I mean, I, I think Hayes is going to be the exception to the rule for, for many years to come. I just don't. And, and it's odd because of you know, Vince's bigger confidants. One's Pat Patterson, and Michael Hayes is pretty far up that list as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, the, the, you know, the, the, the mentality of approaching it like a TV series should lead to a better attention to detail on things that good TV series are good at, and, and that's missing too. And so we, sometimes we get the worst of both worlds, you know, a lack of respect for what the wrestlers do, a lack of, a lack of knowledge about the history of, of the industry itself and, and what works and what doesn't. I mean, I, I wonder, did Stephanie McMahon know that Nitro was three hours? Or did she say that just because it's the corporate thing they're supposed to say and for whatever reason they don't count Nitro? I mean, like, <laughs> she didn't I, I don't, she have much respect it? for that writer. I, I mean, it's, it's – I. Little hesitant to say it because you never, you know, I, I might see a video of the interview and feel differently. But just the way she talked about, we do those things, you know, called a pay per view. It almost yeah. seemed, seemed like she didn't have a whole lot of respect for the writer yeah. and was almost talking down to him. But again, you know, if I see the video, then maybe it just it, it's, it comes across as harmless instead. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go to our next call here. We have no shortage of callers today, and we'll go uh, to three four seven. Please state your name and where you're from. Uh, hello, this is Chris from New York. Happy birthday, Wade. Uh, thank you. Uh, my question is about about the uh, Raw becoming three hours. Do you think it's going to be an asset when football season starts if they use that third hour in a, in a positive manner instead of a negative one in terms of trying to at least prevent bloodletting in terms of ratings for the second and third hour if they build something up before the NFL comes on? I mean, the NFL is going to is going to throttle them, but at least they don't want to lose. I mean, they don't want to have a major drop in ratings. Uh, Jason? It could be. I don't have faith in them to execute it properly. I mean, just as TNA, when they decided to try to go head-to-head with WWE, I always felt like 
the best way to do it is not to go directly head-to-head, but start your show in the hour leading up to Raw. Because then you can, you know, do something. You've got that open hour, and, and then also the tail end of that hour, you can really build to something big for that second hour and hope to retain viewership. And WWE can do that too. But there are a lot of people, a lot of football fans that are they going to tune in? You know, if if the game starts at seven thirty, are there going to be some that watch Raw, see what happens, and maybe stick around? Sure. And and it, and I think that's going to be the idea. But I, I just. You know, do you get into hot shotting then? Are you giving away? Are you worried about the ratings? So you use that first half hour that you have free of, of game competition to really hype something big that maybe you shouldn't be giving away. Um, I mean, yeah, in theory, yes, but again, I just don't have confidence in them to execute this properly. I, and I just think even a really, really well done three-hour show, it's. I just don't know. I, I just don't know how you hold people that long. I mean, the NFL has an off season. You know, baseball, a lot of games go three hours, but the average length is about two hours, 40 minutes, 2.45. You know, and even that, I mean, it's just people want the game shorter. Pitchers who take too long between pitches get, get criticized. Um, people think three hours, even when it's three hours of a great game, you wouldn't want to watch the NFL three hours every single week, year-round, year after year after year after year. And when that's missing... Um, when that offseason is missing, then I think it's, you never leave people wanting more. And WWE is in that danger zone. And, you know, if you look, the SmackDown ratings went up when superstars on Thursdays went away. Um, I just think this three hours of Raw is going to be really – it's going to hurt the Raw ratings. I think they're going to average in the 2-5 range um, if they, if, within a few months of doing this. I think by fall, uh, maybe, you know, 90 seconds. Fall, we're going to find that uh, 2.5 is the norm. And they'll blame, you know, they'll probably blame the three-hour thing, I guess. Um, and then uh, and SmackDown, I think, is going to get hurt. I think on Raw, the three-hour Raw, we'll even see a 2-2. Um, not regularly, but I, I could see before the year is out a 2-2 rating on a non-holiday based on the three-hour, the first hour being averaged in. I just think we're going to find a lot of people don't tune in at the start of the show when it's three hours every week. And I don't know that there's... If they took every suggestion I wrote in Mike Keller's take last week, they'd give themselves a fighting chance. But it's still a fighting chance to, that should not be attempted. they give themselves a fighting chance to make something they shouldn't do work, if that makes sense. So, anyway. and, and I, I'll, I'll just add to that quickly by saying that I worry about their advertisers as well, because I, I think so many people are going to be DVRing that show and speeding yep. through things that – I, if I'm if I'm a raw advertiser right now, I'm talking about. Uh, so when are we going to lower that rate? Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. If you're on hold, we're going to uh, try to get to your calls and uh, go into overtime here, past the one-hour mark, and then after that, we'll move into the VIP exclusive after show just for members of ProWrestling.net and PWTorch.com. Speaking of which, Jason, before we finish up with phone calls, can you uh, give a plug to your website, ProWrestling.net? And the that Absolutely. Tons of audio already this week. Uh, Sunday night, uh, Chris Shore and I talked for 91 minutes about the Over the Limit pay-per-view. Last night, I did uh, 54 minutes, roughly, of uh, WWE Raw audio talk. And then Monday afternoon, I also did 70-plus minutes of Q&A, where I answered the .NET member questions. Those are all uh, available exclusively to ProWrestling.net members. And it's an ad-free version of the site. It, it comes with a member's form, so you can correspond with other members also a section where you can write your own blogs. You get the first look at .NET news, 
and uh, interviews galore over there as well. You can check out a long list that we have, including uh, Chris Jericho, uh, Shane Hurricane Helms, former WWE and TNA creative team members such as Court Bauer, Dutch Mantel, Chris DeJoseph, Chris Roach, and many others. And uh, the best part is starts at $5.50 a month if you want to take the annual option. If you just want to try it out for a month, see what you think of it, $7.50 will get you access for one month. And uh, the, the site itself, uh, ProWrestling.net, updated uh, constantly. We were always, if I'm awake, that site's being updated uh, during the week, week and trying to keep you guys updated on news. So uh, you can check out the blogs that I wrote on the WWE three-hour situation last Friday. I also blogged on Saturday about TNA and I'm taking impact live throughout the summer so you can get my thoughts on those big stories in the Powell's blog section. And uh, just about all the staffers chimed in today on last night's WWE Raw so you can see if there are any differences between those. Again, those are all available uh, for everyone. It's it's an all-access type deal over at ProWrestling.net. Very good. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day every day to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Let's uh, go to our final few callers of the day. And uh, I'm not sure if I didn't write it down or not. Uh, 423, have we taken you yet? No, it's Ian from Tennessee. Hey, Ian. Well, I'm glad I, glad I uh, took that call. What have, what have you got for us today, Ian? Um, well, one uh, quick thing about the interactive portion of the three-hour Raw. Ian, you're not even going to wish me a happy gonna, birthday. Everybody else did. I hope you're... Jeez. Well, they did it for me. I know. Well, I'm going to be mad everyone asks. From, from now on, Ian, I'm going to make sure everybody asks questions for you and ignore 423. I wonder. I, I, I told you'd be calling. upset. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's what I get for calling in once every month now <laughs> you just I, I save up all my uh all, uh giving you our time i save it all up for a month now anyway i'm sorry and go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought that's okay oh no um i'm not bruce so you don't have to worry about that <laughs> all right um, oh, you just totally redeemed yourself uh-huh um with the interactive portion of the three-hour raw it's going to be rigged pretty much to whatever they want it to be right oh yeah that's my well, I'm, just, I, I'm, not, I'm less sure. I'm less sure than you are, Jason. I mean, I think they'll put up things that are – I think they'll put up occasionally options where they know what people are going to choose. You know, do you want to see John Cena pick his nose? Do you want to see John Cena tie his shoes? Or do you want to see John Cena beat up, you know, Wrestler X, um, where, you know, they know the outcome. But I think there's times – you know, we see with the draft, they don't tell the wrestlers ahead of time with some of the – with some of the gimmicks that they've done with interactive stuff, the wrestlers haven't known. Actually, Jim Duggan talked about how he was up for something, and they thought there'd be he was up for a legends vote, uh, you know, of who would participate in a match, and it went different than the management expected, and they went with what the fans voted on. Okay, yes, it can happen, but don't you think like ninety percent of the time it's probably they're going to steer you in the direction they want you to go in? Yes, I think a hundred percent of the time, if they care, they will steer you. And in a way where, you know, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, the, the Cyber Sunday or whatever, that, you know, is that what they called it last time? Um, well, it moved to Viewer's Choice Raw. 
Yeah, but the like the I'm thinking of uh, Cyber Sunday stuff where you I mean we just would mock it in the Torch newsletter. It would just be yeah. like. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, like, if you look at each and every one of these polls, you know what people are going to vote for. It's essentially rigged because the options are so, you know. Anyway, Ian, what, what else? What, what, where are you going with this? Save us. Oh, no, I was just not overly thrilled about that. I mean, I guess I could live with the three hours, but, I, I yeah. I, I look at the, this. The rest of it just kind of, yeah. Well, Ian, do you have anything else for us, or should we just talk about this? I have something. Yeah, well. Go ahead. Yeah, what's up with Cody Rhodes? Oh, yeah. The, Jason, what's up with Cody Rhodes? He had the, speaking of tweets, time off. Uh, honestly, beyond that, I, I don't know. Yeah. He just he put it out through the way he did, and yeah. I haven't uh, been able to clarify what's going on with him. And No announcement of a wellness policy violation, no word of an injury, no word of a personal issue. I haven't heard either. So No, and, and what's weird, though, you know, now that you mentioned the injury issue, Mark Henry acknowledged that he was undergoing surgery. WWE never bothered to put it out there that I saw. Well, Mark's not on their on their favorites list right now for some reason. So. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, um, I was going to say about this. This. this uh, oh, now I'm going to forget what I was going to say about it, aren't I? I should write this down. I'm getting old. Um, the uh, Cyber Sunday voting and what they are doing with that and laugh. I can't remember. Ian, what was I going to say? Um, you were going to tell us how it's going to be a major failure, because it probably will be. Oh, thanks. That's all I needed. Now I actually remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. The way Stephanie McMahon and really WWE overall approach this, it, they, they, they talk about it like, oh, my gosh, WWE is going to let us vote. Oh, they, they, I'm, I feel so empowered. I, I, you know, I, I have no control over my job and my life, but at least on Monday nights, the McMahon family, let me have a say-so on what goes on in the world. It's like it just comes across to me the way they do it, like they're patting a four-year-old on the head for a nice drawing. It's just so patronizing. It's like, yeah, we're going to give the power to the people, and it's like they believe their own crap. They're like they're living in this, this la-la land where they think all these fans out there are going to tune in for a bloated, overly long, poorly written three-hour show as long as they get to vote for whether, it's good, whether the Divas are going to have a pillow fight or, a, or a, whatever, I don't even know, a, a something, on a, something on a stick match. I mean, it's just, it just, sometimes I just, you know, roll my eyes, I don't think most fans are as um, just, oh, my gosh, this is so great. I feel like WWE is so great to give me this power. And they're relying on it. And I don't think the viewer's choice thing and the social interaction aspect of it, I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. I just don't. I don't think it's going to show up as even a hundredth of a point difference in the ratings. The novelty factor of it, if it exists at all at the beginning, is going to be so worn off so quickly. And the fact is, Jason, if you, if I want to watch a show, if I'm sitting down to watch a movie, a show, a play, anything, or even let's say a sporting event, I don't want. Let's take an example of the NBA. You know, they're in the middle of playoffs right now. I don't want to be at the game and then the scoreboard to say, should the coach play this player or this player in the final two minutes like that's up to the experts you know should the referee replay this controversial out-of-bounds call or not it's like why are you leaving that up to us we're here to watch the experts who know what they're doing do their thing (laughs) wwe saying we're going to leave it in the power of the fans it's like why should the fans have a say so in this shouldn't there be a reason for what is done it shouldn't just be up to the fans Fans of the popularity contest, so the whole thing is just—I I just think it's a mess, and I, it's just—it's so exciting. Oh, the buzzword, social media, and interactive, and it's something we couldn't do, you know, 20 years ago. And it's like, 
just give me a good wrestling show. Let me kick back. I don't want to steer the steering wheel. I want to kick back and just enjoy the ride. Can, is that too much to ask? Know what you're doing and give me a good show and keep me out of it. I, and I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, I do think that they should be looking at this like, hey, it looks good in a press release. You know, when we put this out for variety and they get to talk about the interactive stuff, and I, I don't know why that looks good to corporate people, but apparently it does. Um, and, and it should stop there. I, I mean, if they really did take this, uh, this interactive approach and gave viewers op- legitimate options, it might hold some attention for some people. I, I, I can, you know, as a diehard football fan, if there's like a legitimate option, that, uh, a voting option that I find intriguing, well, I might stick around to find out the result. Maybe not, you know, if they do it the whole show long, but if come back after the commercial break or after this match, well, I might, you know, flip channels to find out, okay, um, is it going to be, you know, if, if it's like four wrestlers that you would be surprised that they would let fans vote for, not just, you know, um, Skip or uh, Heath Slater or JTG or John Cena, but if it's like CM Punk, John Cena, and Randy Orton, well, you know, hey, that that could actually hold a little appeal. I'm not saying it's going to be this ratings juggernaut, but it's certainly more effective than the other uh, approach that I just described. And ideally, shouldn't there be a reason for CM Punk to face somebody? I mean, if you just leave it up to fans to vote, it just it doesn't even make sense. Like. If you're going to have a cage match or a lumberjack match, it shouldn't be up to fan voting. It should be there's a reason to have a lumberjack match. There's a reason to have a cage match. It fits the storyline you're telling. It just like if the fan voting is, you know, who's the who's the hottest diva or who had the best match or who is, uh, you know, who do you which announcer would you most like to see in a dunk tank? If it's just suit, you know, silly stuff like that, then it doesn't really harm the product. You're just asking fans' opinions on things. But to give them the power to decide who wrestles whom or what the stipulation is. It's like once a year as a novelty, that's fine. But in a, it, it just doesn't, by the time the match starts, it just feels, it's not like there's a dream match left in that company that they're going to let the fans choose. It's not like Rock's going to show up out of nowhere or Brock's going to show up out of nowhere because the fans voted for it. It's going to be a match. There's nothing that the fans are going to vote for that had they not voted for it, you would have been shocked to see WWE give you. And that's a problem with the concept. It's not really putting the power in the... It's not really giving fans power to do anything that they might not have seen otherwise. And I think that's where the whole thing is just it's a bunch of hot air. It's a bunch of corporate, you know, buzzwords. And it's not making the show better. There are things to make the show better. And it's paying attention to things on a week-to-week basis in terms of getting your heels over, not showing them at charity events, smiling with kids. It's about getting baby faces over. It's about not having blatant storyline gaffes like what happened last night with the uh, whole thing about Big Show being signed on a Saturday. And, and, you know, there's things you can do to improve the show. It's not as sexy. You can't put it in a press release. You can't create a big graphic for it on your website. You can't get Bonnie Hammer excited about it because it's too nuanced. But the things that they can be doing to improve their product are, are not as sexy and exciting to non-wrestling fans and corporate media and TV people and, as you said, variety, uh, you know, trade publications. But that's where they should be spending their time. And in the end, it's a lot more exciting than some corporate buzz, some, some buzzworthy corporate concept of we're going to put the power in the hands of the people and do interactivity, what really gets a buzz is doing 3.8 ratings on cable. Well, that and, is worth a lot more than some press release about interactivity. So Absolutely. And, and by the way, their, their social media um, stuff is, is back in a big way because now they've come up with that graphic where mm-hmm. they can show you what the fans and what the wrestlers are all saying. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, that, that was I'm just like, oh no! I thought we were. I thought WWE was over this, and we only had to wait, you know, for TNA to get over this fascination. And, and USA. 
Yeah, and it's, it's back in a big way for WWE. And, but, and and that graphic they put up about how it was the most you know social, I, would, I don't know, the, the biggest buzz on social networking yeah. was WWE over Game of Thrones and Mad Men and things like that. Um, that's because we're really, you know, watching intently. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I wrote or thought, yeah. Oh, my God. I know. It's like when I'm watching Mad Men, I am not on Twitter. I mean, maybe during commercial breaks, but I don't know. They're just completely different products. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, hey, I, I think it does say more that, like, more so than an NBA playoff game or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I get it, but, I mean, still, it's like, great, it's, good it's for you. Inferi- I don't know what this is accomplishing. They have an inferiority complex, and those messages are not – they're up there in part for the fans to take pride in being WWE fans. And, and I'm all for that. I mean, you know, I fought that for 25 years of doing this job, getting people to perceive the, the industry that I cover for a living and to understand, you know, that it's, you know, what it is and why, you know, there's, there's, it's an industry worthy of, of, of scrutiny and coverage and, uh, and thought, and it's fun to, to break down and analyze. And some people just, you know, they just kind of roll their eyes and go, but it's fake fighting. What is that? No, it's not real. Yeah, it's just like real. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> so I get that, and I get that WWE still has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about that. Part of it is, you know, advertising, trying to get advertisers to see them differently and all that. But sometimes it just comes across as being insecure and trying to pat themselves on the back for things. And I don't know. I mean, I don't have – I honestly don't, don't care that much about one fact every week that kind of puts in perspective how big WWE is because there's nothing else that arms fans who get criticized for being fans and saying, hey – more people talk about this on Twitter and Facebook than talked about the NBA last night or, you know, SmackDown's a top show on its own network. I mean, you know, they have a way to put those numbers out there where, you know, it gives fans a, a source of pride in something that they're a fan of. So, Oh, gee, I, I don't mind the graph. You know, it's just it's, you, you blink and you miss it most of the time anyway, but it was the – their, their new Twitter graphic that they're way too, you know, the, the one that shows all the comments that I'm worried now that, okay, we're not over this quite yet. Yeah. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant, collecting dust. And now it's back, shinier, brighter. It smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel. And you can check out daily news updates, the weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches. And I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash PWTorch. And be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. All right, 770-713 and 509. Those are the final three callers of the show today. Let's go to uh, 770 first. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Hi, guys. It's uh, Larry and Paige from Atlanta. Hey, Larry and Paige. What have you got for us today? Happy birthday. Well, thank you. Unlike Ian, you're a good caller. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, I have a quick question, and Larry has a follow-up about the interactive stuff. Um, look, as, as somebody... I, you know, I've often said this on other shows, but I don't know if it's on your show. But I think sometimes, um, you know, being a casual watcher of WWE, more in the context now of reality TV than Mad Men or Game of Thrones or something that's produced. Just because, even though I know that it's scripted, they seem to try to align themselves more with the reality TV audiences, having had you know, a lot of guest stars from reality TV shows and trying to do things more theoretically or 
presenting them as in real time. Um, so I, I just wanted to put that out there is that I think sometimes maybe it's, it's not necessarily that it gives more interactivity, but maybe they're trying to align themselves more with things like Dancing with the Stars or things like American Idol where there is a large voting option um, and a component that maybe they think that they can acclimate right. people yeah. who, you know, like that kind of opportunity in the TV that they watch into something like WWE that also has a wide spectrum of like well, I'll, I'll, um, yeah, for let me jump in and comment on that because I, I have strong feelings about it. Pro wrestling isn't reality TV. And if it tries to be that, it's trying to be something it's not and can't be. Uh, TNA did that with their, uh, um, uh, not be, what, what was, uh, Jason, what's the term for their uh, uh, gut check? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there, there was a total mock version. It was like this, this derivative, overly scripted, overly dramatized with embarrassingly overproduced music. Uh, imitation of that and and you know judges you know the three judges discussing what they're going to do and and first of all that wasn't actual reality television it was script it was a scripted tv show imitating reality tv it's as scripted as mad men or game of thrones in that sense in the sense and a lot of reality shows yeah well yeah well no you know what i yes reality shows are manipulated by producers and they can you know they can splice and select footage and that kind of thing. But for the most part, when you say reality TV, what you're saying is real people picked and put in a situation and they're filmed and it's the producers who will manipulate what we see um, and, and, you know, occasionally egg something on or, you know, try to amplify something that's going on. But in the end, that, that doesn't have anything to do with what pro wrestling really is at its heart. And I think, again, this almost gets to what I think about the little factoids that WWE puts up. It's this inferiority complex. We have to be something we're not in order to be worth, worthwhile. And, and I just think WWE and TNA should embrace what they are. It, it even goes to, we're sports entertainment, we're not pro wrestling. And I get all the rationale for that, trying to recategorize themselves in the, in the, uh, in the advertising world so people you know, who would never buy a pro wrestling show are willing to buy sports entertainment. But keep that on the corporate side. Don't put it on the air. Uh, but that's a whole other rant. But as far as the reality TV thing goes, be what you are. Don't try to be something you can't be. Pro wrestling is not reality TV. Tough Enough was, you know, pretty close to reality TV in the sense that these were, you know, students who really wanted to win and their performance had made a difference. And, you know, the judges decided based on who they thought performed best and all those other factors. That's reality TV. But pro wrestling is, it's not, it's not, any, it's not anything else. And it shouldn't try to be anything else. It should embrace what it is and be a realistic, as realistic as you can portrayal of bombastic, over-the-top personalities divided into people you really like and have a reason to like and people you really don't like and have a reason not to like, fighting each other in really exciting orchestrated matches that from opening to closing credits are presented with a straight face as if they're as real as anything. That's what pro wrestling is. It doesn't have to be something other than that to succeed and be thoroughly entertaining. And it's when it tries to be something else and tries to say, well, no, no, we're not. We're scripted or we're not or we're reality or we're not. Just be what you are. You're pro wrestling. Embrace it and do a great job with it. And people love it. And it, I, I just, that's what frustrates me is when, when they try to slot themselves somewhere. They don't fit anything else. Be what you are. And I will add to that that uh, you know the Dancing with the Stars comparison. What WWE is doing compared to what Dancing with the Stars does is it's the equivalent of should um, Chris Jericho when he's on when he was on the show 
Should he wear red shoes, blue shoes, or yellow shoes? It's yeah. not. You know, it, what you see the voting for on a show like Dancing with the Stars, there's real consequences to it. Someone is going home. Someone is getting eliminated. At, at least I don't watch the show. I assume you know I did a little bit when he was on there, but I assume you know that plays a part in it. Um, if it's you know maybe it's just part of the, the, the. I know they have judges, so at least on American Idol, it, it's fan vote. And there's there's consequences to those votes, and so I think you know I'm not as down on the idea as Wade is, but if like TNA this week they're doing their open fight night, and Hulk Hogan is going to pick from one of the four men who qualified for God did for him to decide who ultimately gets the title shot at Bobby Roode. I would, as a viewer I would have more interest in all right these four wrestlers qualified. And, and I think you could build it up in a way like, we're going to let you guys decide. It's not Hulk Hogan. It's not anybody else. This is the fan. Who, who do the fans want to see face Bobby Roode? And granted, this is a tape show. They didn't have that option. But I, I do think there's, that can work if it's the right people presented in a way where it's like, this is kind of interesting. I, 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 don't, I wonder who's going to win this, not just John Cena against three scrubs and, gee, who are the fans going to vote for? That, that doesn't work. And, and I would say what you described is fine if the four people who are finalists all really earned a, a chance to be in the final four. Yeah. And they did it once a year. Sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, you know, and and yeah. I, I'm okay with stretching it out. I am. I, I, it's, I, granted, it's not for me. I, I'm not saying that I want to see this, but I can see why the wrestling companies m- attempt this, or at least – Think they're attempting what what those you know what the Dancing with the Stars and American Idol do. It, it the, the caller's right. It does appeal. There is an appeal to some people, even if it's not for me. I think if it's done properly, it can work in pro wrestling. I wouldn't want to see it every week. The fans decide who challenges for the TNA title. But it, are there other areas you can do it in where maybe it's not as impactful as the, a TNA title match, but. Maybe it's the, the tag titles or who the number one contender, uh, you know, who's going to face off in a number one contender's match. Something like that. I, I do think yeah. you can make it work as long as you don't go crazy with it. Yeah. I, like, I, I, to me, it's just like, okay, there's the top ten teams in the NBA. Which eight should you vote to make the playoffs and which two shouldn't make it? It's like, no, the winning record should decide that. I, part of me just thinks... As a novelty, once a year, if you firmly establish four people are deserving and it could go to either and they all deserve it, that's fine. But I, maybe once a year is a novelty, but I just, I just think when, I, if you're doing your job writing a wrestling show, the story should lead you to somebody being the obvious contender based on who wins and loses and how they win and lose and what their history is of title shots. And just leaving up to the fans, it just, it just seems like such a gimmicky way. It's like planting flowers out in front of a house where the foundation is sinking. And there's termites everywhere, and there's broken windows, and the deck is falling down. It's like, quit worrying about pulling weeds and flowers out front. Make the foundation more solid and do what needs, you know, seal off the, you know, fix the window. And it's just, to me, it's just a big distraction. If it's something that's supplemented on top of a really good wrestling show where they've really got everything else going, and it doesn't get in the way, I'm okay with it. But to me, it just seems like, you know, hey, we're adding an hour, so now we're going to add interactivity, and it's going to hold people for three hours. And right. I just think the concept burns out really fast. Well, I'll just um, – Larry wanted to get his question in, but yeah. I also just wanted to add really quickly that um, you remember when the Today Show expanded from its two-hour format to, I think, three, and then I think they added another hour? Yeah. No show has ever done this before. I have no idea what you're talking about. And um, and And so – uh, 
now Today Show isn't the number one. Where it, it's, it's lost its ratings a little bit yeah. um, to Good Morning America. So, I, I mean, I guess my point is, is that, like, you know, so I just wanted to add that in into the mix, but um, I'll give it to Larry. But I guess the thing is the wrestling fans will watch, and it seems like they feel like they can uh, get more casual watchers in um, with the gimmicky stuff and still piss off the loyalists because the loyalists will be there. I don't know if they will. That's my Paige, final. Paige, yeah, no, no, Larry. appreciate that. Before it's on Larry, but okay. let, me, let me jump in on what you just said. This is, I remember Kevin, I think it was Kevin Dunn or Stephanie, I think it was Kevin Dunn saying, tough enough is a show, if we put it before Raw, that's going to bring some non-wrestling fans in to watch the WWE product, and they may stick around for Raw. And to that I say no. <laughs> You're not. You're, nobody is going to sit through three hours of wrestling because they get to wait around to see who, who the fans voted as having the best ring jacket or the best entrance music or who gets to face whom. No non-wrestling fan is going, no casual, even a casual wrestling fan is not going to be any more likely to watch a show that has problems just because there's an interactivity aspect of it. And I would say if a show is really hot and people are watching it, they're no more likely to watch it because you add voting to it. I just I don't believe you're going to bring non-fans or casual fans to a show that they would not watch otherwise. I just think that's so – I think it's delusional of Kevin Dunn and Stephanie and Vince to think somehow they can expand their ratings by bringing in non-wrestling fans. I am not going to watch – something I don't care about. You know, I don't, I'm not into horse racing, for instance. There's nothing you could do to get me to sit for three hours and watch a two-and-a-half-hour pregame show and watch a one-minute race. There's nothing you <laughs> can do that's going to get me excited about it other than in the pregame show, if I'm watching it, let's say I'm with a group and they just love it, teaching me and getting me to understand the, the why people are into it, the, 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 the history of the horses, the history of the races, the strategies that's employed, how the positioning works. If you get me into the actual race by telling me about that, that might suck me in a little bit. But not if you're going to do some interactive voting about should horse, which, which horse should be in slot three versus slot eight. We're leaving that up on Twitter. That isn't going to make me watch a horse race. That's my point is make the pro wrestling product, embrace what it is, and make that as good as it can be with characters that I have a reason to root for and other ones that I have a reason to root against and make the matches realistic and make sure that they count. Make sure that if there's a win, if, that there's a winner and that winner gets something for winning and that the loser loses something for losing. That's what makes uh, somebody turn into a wrestling fan. But no casual fan is going to watch a bad product where the characters are indiscriminately show up as good guys or bad guys. Uh, you know, bad guys are showing, doing charity events. And you have long-term mysteries like the Mystery GM, who you don't follow up on. If you're doing all that crap, you can't just put frosting on top of a on top of chicken crap and, <laughs> and expect people to eat it. So no, I just I get back to making the core product better and forget all this gimmicky stuff. You don't feel strongly at all about that. Uh, I, I do because you you trigger that old comment about <laughs> tough enough, and I remember that. And I was like, no, nobody's going to watch WWE because no one's going to watch tough enough. If they're not a wrestling fan, you're not, oh, I'm, I'll watch any reality TV show. No, there aren't, quote, reality TV fans out there who are now, who would never watch wrestling. They're going to watch Tough Enough because it's reality TV. I don't even think one person existed out there who watched Tough Enough who didn't like pro wrestling to begin with because it was reality TV and had voting. I just don't believe it. There's too much TV out there. They're going to watch Bravo. They're going to watch Dancing with the Stars. They're not going to watch Tough Enough just because it's reality TV and suddenly now decide they're pro wrestling fans. All right, I'm done. 
One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Well, here's Larry. Thanks for taking my question. Thanks, Paige. Appreciate it. Okay, Tom. Larry, we don't have much time for you because Paige took it all up. I'm blaming her, not my rant. Larry. Yes. Oh, there you are. All right, go ahead. Uh, your phone is your, your the phone was shaky with Paige, Larry. Now we're not hearing you at all. All right, um, Larry, go ahead. All right, Larry, I'm going to put you on hold. See if you can get better reception because Paige was uh, uh, we're having trouble with her hers also. Uh, we uh, just lost seven seven two. They were next, so now we'll go to five oh nine five oh nine. And Larry, hold on. I'll try to go back to you in a minute here. Um, five oh nine. Please state your name and where you're from. Hey, it's Jared from Kenilworth, Washington, and happy birthday, Wade. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. What do you got for us, Jared? Um, well, I, so I'm not sure how much you guys discussed the AJ thing earlier, but I'll just make an observation and then kind of ask the question. I mean, they have her on, on Raw, and they have her on SmackDown, and, they're, and it's been a very slow build, I feel. So let me just clarify that. I think it's very, very good. I'm enjoying what they're doing with AJ. I feel like they took her from this sweet, innocent girl to this, you know, sad ex-girlfriend, and now she's mad, now she's psycho. I feel like it's been a, a very slow build, and they have her on Raw, and they have her on SmackDown every week, and there's a segment with her. So what causes WWE to devote such time and patience to this storyline and, and, you know, not do the same with, well, obviously other divas or other wrestlers in general? I mean, it seems like something that I would never say, yeah, they're going to devote time and effort and subtleties to the AJ storyline. I never would have thought that, but they are, and I'm enjoying it. So I don't know that's an observation, a question, or whatever, but your take on that. Okay. Yeah, Jason, what, what do you think on that? <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, it's, it's a... It's a very fair question. I wish I knew what it was that made them, you know, put that level of uh, focus on some. I, I kind of wonder, was it? Eh, they didn't know what to do with her some weeks, or they did others, and then they just that they're kind of stumbling their way into this. I can't imagine they sat down, you know, three four months ago and had this all mapped out. That's just not the way they work. So they may have just stumbled into this one. And, and sometimes, too, and this is the writers who have been on the show will talk about this. Sometimes a wrestler will get a push because one of the writers likes him and believes in him and pitches ideas for him. And I just think what happened is there's a writer with some level of influence who thought this through, pitched the idea, Vince McMahon liked it and got the green light, and now that writer is writing this for her. You know, that that writer is making sure that this storyline, which is his storyline, he pitched it, he came up with it, he believes in it, now he's got the green light and he gets a segment every week to do it. And other things, they're... They don't have somebody, one of the writers isn't passionately behind it, and it got thrown out there, and somebody just kind of lost track of it. I mean, that's part of the problem with having these large writing teams is there's just too many uh, possibilities of lines getting crossed up and the writers losing track of what's, what are they supposed to be keeping track of. And, you know, yes, you're sp- with all, you think, Jason, with all these layers, you know, the home crew, the way crew of the writing team, and, 
you know, you've got Vince, and then you've got Stephanie, and then you have, of course, Kevin Dunn kind of in between, you know, uh, looking at things and influencing what happens. And then you've got Brian Gewirtz and Eric Jankowski. <laughs> it goes on and on. Yeah, and, and Dave Kapoor on top. And then you've got, yeah, and then, and then underneath them, you've got, you know, a lot of names we've never heard of. And I just like, you would think somewhere there'd be some quality control. Somewhere there'd be an actual leader. And there isn't. And there, I mean, it should be Vince McMahon, but he only cares about a few things. And, at least, and, then, and he's just, you know, changing his mind left and right on things and feels, I, I think, uh, uh, so I, don't know, I don't even know how to describe it, whether it's arrogance or he's been around so long he just doesn't care anymore because, you know, he's just kind of fatalistic about, well, whatever, it doesn't matter, we'll be around. Like, whatever it is, that, that pride in attention to detail just isn't there and lines get crossed up and we get stuff like, you know, that, what happened last night. I mean... I still give WWE credit, I guess, for even acknowledging that they made the mistake and coming up with an explanation. I thought it was funny how Michael Cole told Jerry Lawler, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. And then came up with this explanation that until you heard that explanation, it wasn't the dumbest thing to ever ask. You know, it was very logical to go, people are asking on Twitter, how does this make sense? Cole said it was stupid and then gave us new information that took something that, you know, that actually made it a very good question to be asking. Well, I mean, one of the reasons I've stopped really pointing fingers at the creative team, I mean, I'll mention creative, but when I'm mentioning creative, it's it's a collective thing, but primarily Vince McMahon. Because he, he, I mean, there's a process they go through throughout the week, and for some reason it, it just seems like a giant waste of time with all the rewrites that occur on the day of Raw. I mean, last night I think is a perfect example, too, of I, I don't think they had any idea what they're doing on SmackDown this week. Um, as of last night, yeah. because that commercial that they aired was <laughs> so generic and no. dated. In, in one hour into the show, they air something asking whether John Laurinaitis still has his job. He'd already appeared multiple times. And also who the world champion was right after uh, Sheamus had just been out there. Yeah, that's awful. And that, you know, I mean, that's horrible. And so, I mean, they do need somebody with – there might be people in that company that are assigned to quality control, but when everything's being rewritten the day of the show and changed around at the last minute on the fly like it is, I, I'd hate to be that person. I, you know, it's, it's all being filtered through Vince, and I, I just don't understand why the process has to be like this, why you can't show up to television with your, your writing really done and set in stone, why it has to be so chaotic on show day. Oh boy, I agree with that. I mean, I think there should be a, just a contract lockdown. You know, Friday night, at the end of the day, it goes in a safe, and you just, it's locked, and then you unveil it on Monday, no changes. You do it. Pretend like Friday is your deadline instead of Monday at, Monday at you know, late afternoon um, or early evening. You know, pretend Friday's your deadline and lock it and then get, give everybody a chance. When I say lock it down, I mean lock it down from edits, but send it to the people who need to see it. And let them evaluate it, and if they're, you know, and and get ready to make sure they're everybody's on the same page. But yeah, when you're changing things at the last second, you're just inviting the types of problems that they end up having. Well, and, and the, he in, he invites it just by the schedule alone, because you know Monday they meet with the producers slash agents to yeah. go over all this, and inevitably there's going to be changes there. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I know some of these guys are on the road, but you can't have some of these conversations by email. I mean, you're just you're basically going to RAW with a script in hand that you know by the time that the producer's meeting done alone is going to be dramatically changed. It's just such a strange just uh, schedule that they have for this. It, it's, I, I don't understand why they can't. 
I mean, I think it just comes down to Vince that he this is the chaos that he likes, and there's going you know it, it's going. But I guess the one thing with it, the passion's obviously still there if he cares enough to have all these rewrites and all this chaos on the day of the show. I guess I mean he probably thrives to a degree on on that on that chaos. You know, like it's, there's probably something to the rush of doing it at the last second that that is exciting for him, and that uh, you know gets him up in the morning. I don't know. Uh, it's also exhausting to him, based on what a number of people keep saying about his uh, current state. It's all. I mean, really, it's all the more reason to uh, for him to change the approach that he takes. I mean, that'd be really nice. I mean, all 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 they need to do is everybody on the writing team and the producers just join Google Plus and click on Hangouts at a certain time. And they can all meet on Friday afternoon and all get on the same page Friday afternoon with a Google Plus Hangout. And they can, in the process, double the number of people on Google Plus. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. But I, I'd love to see them do something where they're not in a room, they're not on a conference call. It is, you know, a Google Plus type atmosphere where they can't see the look on Vince's face. And they actually have to give him their honest assessment of something. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. All right, we had uh, uh, area code 252 join us late here. Uh, let's see what, uh, what's in store for us here. 252, please state your name and where you're from. Hi, wait, it's uh, Ward. I'm from uh, Wilson, North Carolina. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing good. What's your first name? I didn't catch it. Uh, it's Ward. That's W-A-R-D. Oh, okay, great. What have you got? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a new VIP member, man. I just wanted to say I'm astounded at all the stuff that I'm getting, man. I'm working my way through like eight hours of Eric Bischoff interviews right now. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Um, thank you. But I was um, I was actually at um, Over the Limit on Sunday, and um, I just wanted to kind of make I guess kind of a comment about I'm just amazed at how they how I sat through this entire show, paid eighty bucks for a ticket, and saw one good match and left and felt like I'd spent my money well. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I just you know I don't understand how how hard it is for them to figure out what they need to do to fix ratings and what they need to do to put butts in seats when they have a dead crowd for an entire show and then a crazy crowd for one match. Yeah. Right. I know. And I just I just don't understand how they can put on a main event like they did and then segue into Big Show Cena, and I haven't heard a single person ever anywhere talk about how they wanted to see that match again. So I guess just your thoughts on that. That's about it. But I'm really enjoying the site, Wade. You do a great job. Thanks uh, for I appreciate it very much, Ward. I appreciate it. What, Ward, are you still there? Uh, yeah, still here. Yeah. What, what was it that got you to sign up for VIP? What actually got you to pull the trigger on joining? Um, honestly, I um, I do a lot of driving back and forth in my job, and I spend a lot of time at my job, kind of like late at night. So all the extra um, audio interviews are really awesome. I just put them on my little iPod player and just do my work, and it makes the work go by a lot faster. Excellent. Well, we'll uh, keep you occupied for a long time. We've got a lot of audio content for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Great. Appreciate it. Um, okay. Um, yeah, Jason, uh, your, your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it, uh, that's, that's part of my rant about, the, about earlier about, oh, you know, we're going to be reality TV or Hogan, you know, wanting to wanting be, he's so infatuated with TMZ. Now let's have the fans carry, carry cameras around. And I'm sure he's got, you know, some idea where he's going to do fake fan footage in order to try to, you know, and it's like, you can make that work. I mean, there's, you can make fan voting work. You can make, 
the, the, the TMZ thing work, you can make gut check work, all that stuff, but not at the expense of just doing the fundamentals right. And the fundamentals are a lot easier than I think everybody in wrestling has made them in the last you know, dozen years. And part of that is look at what happened Sunday night and how into the crowd got a character they liked, a character they respected, but, don't, but they enjoy booing, they don't like him, they want to see him lose, and they rooted for him and they saw great wrestling or very good wrestling for 20 minutes, 20-some minutes. That, that's what the culmination of everything should be. And it just seems like, they, they do, it's like people in power don't want it to be that simple. They want their job to be needlessly more complicated than that, and it isn't. It doesn't have to be, and as long as they pay attention to that stuff, I think they can have a hot crowd start to finish. Oh, they definitely could. I also think it goes back to the McMahons wanting to be in the entertainment industry rather than the wrestling industry, and yeah. um, and you know that there, there's certainly an element of that in TNA as well right now. Um, I mean, I, I thought over the limit. I thought there were two pretty good matches. I just want to add that. I, I thought that, oh, the four-way. that four-way match was very good. That was I one agree. of the better four-way matches I've seen. Yeah. Although it did not help, probably even from a crowd heat standpoint, how little attention they gave that match headed into it, other than having Randy Orton and Sheamus burn each other out in a long match on SmackDown on Friday night. I mean, Jericho wasn't even at SmackDown. They didn't do anything to hype Jericho and Del Rio on Raw or SmackDown. And so I think maybe from a crowd heat standpoint, they're just nobody believed that this was, you know, going to be a big moment for Chris Jericho. You know, I mean, Jericho could have said, I'm going to can't, if I win the world title, I'm canceling my Fozzie tour that all of you have heard about on the internet. I, I, will, I will hold that world title until WrestleMania. Bring on The Rock, bring on Brooklyn. I mean, they could have given Jericho some some hook, some reason for us to believe that he could win, but they didn't do that. Del Rio, they were talking about how he can't even bother to show up. Um, you know, so, so I think the, it's not just the match being good, but it's telling the right story leading into it so fans feel like they're watching the payoff to something they've invested their emotions and their time into. And at WWE is just so busy doing all these other things, they just they lose sight of the fundamentals. That's all very true, but what story did I miss with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk? Because I think they actually dedicated more time to the four-way. Well, um, I'll say this, uh, on Raw, well, they did, they did some decent uh, work on, on SmackDown, promoting it with actual, some actual mic work and also the Daniel Bryan, both on Monday and on Friday, if I'm, my show memories are right here, uh, tricking, um, and one of them, he tricked Kane into beating a punk. Yeah, that was SmackDown. That was SmackDown, and then on Monday, there was something else that he did, where I remember Daniel Bryan with a, a sense of smug self-satisfaction on the stage while something bad was happening to CM Punk. Yeah, he, just, he locked him in the S-lock, and that was about it. Okay. So, you know, I mean, you had the heel being devious and smug and, and then running away. And so the idea was going into Sunday, just kind of the booking one-on-one aspect I'm kind of extracting from what they did is now CM Punk can get his hands on Daniel Bryan, a guy who was agitating and annoying and, and sneaky and smug about it. And now CM Punk gets to beat him up. And so I think that was part of the story that they had. And we just didn't have anything regarding the heels going into, you know, the four-way. Fair enough. Yeah. Very good. Jason, pleasure as always. Uh, hold on, because we have uh, a lot more to talk about in the uh, VIP After Show. So we will shift into that, talk more about Raw. We'll talk about Nitro going live at, starting in just a couple weeks here. Or Nitro. <laughs> uh, thunder. Uh, Thursday night thunder. I just and then I called it thunder, and I didn't do that on purpose. What wow. impact? My God, TNA impact. Um, like we'll talk about TNA. old. What, Jason? Like you're getting old or something? I know it's crazy. Um, I didn't start. You know, I didn't have any birthday drinks before going on the air either, so I don't have any kind of excuse. I had um, several for you. Thank you, thank you. We can tell, Jason. We can. Tell. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, uh, Thursday night's TNA Impact going live. I want to talk about that with Jason. And I'll also talk about the stuff going on with Ric Flair. Uh, I've got some interesting, I have some interesting information on that. We'll save for VIP members. His uh, status with TNA and, uh, and his future and, and some things going on there. And hopefully Jason will uh, have some thoughts on that too. So on that note, this is PW Torch editor Wade Keller. On behalf of Jason Powell, thanking all the Livecast listeners. And uh, be sure to join Pat McNeil tomorrow. Uh, Jason, do you know who Pat's guest is tomorrow? I don't, and I owe him another phone call. He called while I was on the phone again today. He's got bad timing. Trying to think while the music's playing if I remember who Pat told me uh, was going to be on a show this week. So I would like to get that in. Let me check my text messages here. Uh, okay. CB Richards. Cool. Oh, nice. CB Richards on the show tomorrow. That should be good. Join Send your tech questions in. Send your email questions in for uh, Stevie Richards. PWTorchLiveCast at gmail.com. Uh, let's do the music again. Just make it sound cool. Stevie Richards. Tomorrow. <laughs> Livecast with Pat McNeil. <laughs> email your questions now. PWTorchLiveCast at gmail.com. Thanks to all the callers. As always, I, we didn't get to any emails, so we'll check out uh, emails also in the VIP after show. So thanks to those who did email, and I apologize for not getting to them during the show. Uh, but we had so many callers. It was tough to do. We're about to go to a commercial break. Why listen to commercial breaks when you can go VIP and experience our shows with the ads and plugs removed? PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full details. Or go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorch VIP. Rates start as low as $4.99 to remove the ads and plugs through Patreon. Full VIP membership starts at $9.99. Treat yourself to a streamlined ad and plug free listening experience with a VIP or Patreon membership. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT 8 Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. All right, Jason, we're now to the VIP after show portion of the program. Um, well, why don't we dive into the, uh, into the situation with Ric Flair um, have you been keeping up on what's going on with his situation in TNA? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the usual mess that is. Thank you for using life. Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Ah, there's the hook. There's yeah, there, there she is. She's always there. Um, she's been pleasant lately until today, and she was just rude about things. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been keeping up on it. It just seems like it's, you know, the usual chaotic Ric Flair lifestyle, catching up with him again and burning another bridge. And um, I guess does he have to hope now that, you know, the, 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 Bernie, the, the bridge that he thought he burned with WWE has somehow been repaired and he can jump back over there? Yeah, yeah. It, it, does, it sounds like there's just a lot of uh, um, with just like the tension between Dixie Carter and Ric Flair, um, growing tension between them that wasn't really talked about. Um, now, uh, his daughter, Ashley, uh, signing a developmental deal with WWE has, some, I think, a little bit something to do with this. You know, you go back to the Hall of Fame speech, though, it really – uh, jumps out to me as just, I don't care what was wrong with TNA and Ric Flair's eyes and what problems he had with that company. I still really have a problem with what he did at the Hall of Fame and bad-mouthing TNA when TNA it had him under contract and as a courtesy to him, you know, worked out a deal where he could go to the Hall of Fame. And I just thought it was really ungrateful 
and, uh, and immature of Ric Flair to call out TNA at that point the way that he did. As, uh, you know, like saying, oh, it's good to be out here in front of real wrestling fans and not a bunch of paid models and tourists. And, and, and by the way, I've, I've heard that he wanted that to make it on the air, that he specifically asked for that to be on the air. I think maybe the, uh, the Wrestling Observer had reported that, and I had heard that too, that he wanted that to be something that got included on the TV show. So Flair was playing mind games with TNA. And, you know, my feeling is if, if you're that upset with the company, you know, it, the company that, well, you're in a contract with them, helped you get to be there for your friends at the four horsemen. Well, I don't know how many of them are friends anymore, but the four horsemen induction, that just came across as, you know, Bush League and unprofessional too. And I was, I was disappointed in him in that. Yeah. And he also had that line when there was somebody in the crowd chanting, you know, please come back. And he had some line about, I wish I could. And yeah, you know, I mean, that, yeah, that, that company did him a favor. I just don't think he's appreciative of it. And, you know, and, and I've, I've heard people say that, well, you know, he's, he's, uh, it, he's, it's going to work out again. It's okay. He could probably retire off the money that he's going to make from this energy drink deal that he has, apparently, with Coca-Cola. A yep. couple of points on that. First off, who gets retirement money for sponsoring an energy drink? From for Coca Cola, I'm I'm just skeptical that it's by Ric Flair standards, it's retirement money. Which plays into my next point, which is that I don't think there is any such thing as retirement money for Ric Flair, because Ric Flair is the type: the more he makes, the more he spends. And so instead of buying rounds of drinks for the bar that he's at, maybe he walks across the street and and buys a, a round of drinks for them too on his way home. He just he can't stop himself. This is his lifestyle. And so you know if he if he makes uh, I mean. He's made more than enough money for most people to retire on, and he just, no matter how much he makes, he always burns through it and ends up in these same bad financial situations. And I, I hope he gets it together for his sake, but I'm not expecting him to, Wade. And, and I think, too, you know, anytime I've seen Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff on screen together, I've just always thought there's, you know, with Rick, what Ric Flair wrote about in his book about, you know, what Eric Bischoff did to him during those Nitro years and his, you know, shaking his self-confidence and all that, I mean, some of it was a pity party and all that, and, you know, sometimes the most bombastic, confident people on television are the most insecure and fragile personalities off camera. And, you know, Ric Flair, to a certain extent, has had that, you know, when he's not drinking and partying, you know, there's that, that introspective side of him whenever he lets himself go there. I think sometimes it, you know, he gets a little, uh, he can be kind of a fragile personality and, yes. and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, we know that, and I, I just, but when I've seen Flair and Bischoff together, I just never thought that truly there was a mutual respect there. I, I don't think these are two people who respected each other but had a falling out. And then when you see them together later, then you're like, well, but they had that foundation of respect, you know, where there was, there was something there at one point. Sure, they had some problems and, and had a, a falling out, but then they got back on track. And with Flair and Bischoff, I just never saw that there was a bond there. And I always thought as long as Bischoff was in power, and uh, a Flair, Flair was away, or, or any time that Bischoff was in power and Flair was around, I just never thought that they would probably last, because I don't think Bischoff respects Flair, and I don't think Flair respects Bischoff. Um, so I always thought that could be a problem. And even Hogan and Flair, you know, as much as, you know, they've kind of come around, I just, I always think in the end there's some jealousy issues there between both of them, and I don't know, it just, it never seemed like a great fit. And, and I think I would have been less skeptical of their ability to coexist for a long run if one business was good and they were all doing well, because that can heal a lot of, you know, that can solve a lot of problems. But also, if they were using Flair in a way that, that seemed 
like they respected what he could contribute and how to portray him. And they just weren't doing that. You know, with Flair, I mean, I'm sorry, going out managing Gunner is not what Ric Flair should be doing in 2012. Right. So all of those are just, those just kind of all add up to me thinking uh, that, you know, this wasn't going to work out. But Flair likely going back to WWE um, once he's got a non-compete clause that r- r- runs out, that's going to be interesting. It will. I mean, I assume the, the part of the motivation of bringing him back is for the network. I, I think that is always going to be an option as long as the network is around, too, to, for Hulk Hogan to fall back on if something were to happen with TNA. And, and a lot of guys, frankly, that maybe you wouldn't, you, you might see on a Legends deal at this point in their career, you know, at that, that level, maybe some kind of ambassador role with, with guys like Hogan and Flair. I, I think WWE, Vince McMahon, is going to be a lot more open to just uh, letting bygones be bygones in the interest of doing what's right for business. I, I also wonder if TNA is going to come to the conclusion, too, now that they're going live, if they need a ratings fix. Well, we've got Flair under contract, and we might not get along with them, but uh, let's give it a shot. I, I really wonder how much of that is, not just with him, could we see Matt Hardy back in TNA? And, and, and I mean, just, yeah. and I'm not even saying it's, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, in Matt Hardy's case, it, it just shouldn't happen based, you know, I mean, it seems like his, he's in a better place in his life, and if so, great. I'm not saying it would end poorly or anything, but it just, it seems like Dixie Carter, where Vince McMahon, I think, buries the hatchet in or, because he thinks he can make money with someone, I think Dixie tends to do it out of, I want to give this person a second chance, and it's not always about the money. Now, there might be some people in TNA who feel like, well, boy, you know, Matt Hardy, if we put the Hardys back together, we could maybe we could do something there. Uh, but, I mean, it's just I'd like to see TNA do what's right for business, but in Ric Flair's case especially, to me it's just if he's doing all these things, it's it's not worth the rating. It just because I don't think he's going to have that big of an effect on the rating at this point in his career anyway. I just like to see TNA wash their hands of him, and, and that's just from an outsider's perspective. Talking with several people in that company, some that dislike Flair personally because of what he's done in that company, and others who still get along with them. I, good luck finding somebody who says no. We we really should keep Ric Flair. They all just feel like he's more trouble than he's worth. Yeah. Well, and that, and that that's the thing. I think if if they had utilized Ric Flair in a in a way that seemed to have an inherent respect for what he has done, and really, more what's more important than anything isn't who he is behind the scenes. From a pure business standpoint, it should be how do fans perceive him, and how do they want to see him used, and how can you turn that into money? Now, if he's this awful person who is doing just these illegal, not, not embarrassing, not drunken hijinks, but, you know, just, you know, like, uh, uh, just to take something way over the top, murdering uh, one woman a night in every hotel room and covering it up. Okay, I'm saying something so ludicrous because so, I don't want people to think I'm being serious. So just over Wade that. Wade reports. What's that? Wade Keller reports. Yeah, exactly. So let's say Ric Flair has a reputation for killing at least one woman per night every time he's on the road. Okay, that is a reason to not use him no matter how much of a ratings draw he is. But if he's just dropping his pants at hotels or forgot to pay a bill, but he felt that he deserved a stipend and wasn't given it, and so he just decided to send a little message, and he's being old-school Ric Flair, and that's the way he's going to be. Like, if you're using him really well, he should be making a difference in the ratings, even in 2012, and maybe you put up with that, because promoters have put up with a lot over the years sure. with, with a lot of people. But if, he's, if you're not going to use him well, my God, there is absolutely no reason to put up with all the baggage that comes with Ric Flair. No, and, and you know, to, to add to the, I, I know you were just saying um, uh, hypothetically, but 
I mean, he has this reputation for this, this, you know, just loading up these bar tabs and then walking out. And it's not just what's been reported thus far. Mike Johnson, again, at PWInsider.com, had a pretty detailed account of how many times recently he's burned TNA by doing that because they know he's with TNA. And so when Flair walks out, the the owners of the establishments naturally look to TNA to, hey, your guy was here. And uh, I think I'm guessing the establishment he did it to most recently was the Double Tree, which they've had a pretty long-standing relationship with, and I think that might be what really put things over the top with them. With Flair's, is him allegedly doing that there again? But it happens in Charlotte. I mean, I know somebody who says that. I mean, he can't. There's bars in Charlotte that just, even if he were to pay his bills, they just don't want anything to do with him. He just has. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't bother me so much, I guess, if Flair was just a guy who never had children, but. Yeah. It irritates me, knowing the money that he's made. And, and it's his life, but he's just pissed away a lot of money. And, yeah. you know, I, I just I feel for the kids. I really do. And it's not, you know, if, if we heard, well, they're all doing great. But Reed's had is some, some pretty major issues. And I'm not even saying they're all because of Ric Flair or anything like that. But, I mean, it just it, it irritates me seeing this guy piss through the money that he does time and time again and then just you know, burn bridges but always somehow land on his feet. I guess it's part of the nature boy lifestyle that he lives. But it's, it's sad to think that this guy that so many of us really thought was you know, the best thing about the wrestling industry for a number of years has just turned out to be what he's become. And, and that's why, you know, and, and I hope my comments don't come across as harsh at all for TNA if they decided they needed to wash their hands of Rick. And I, I know that Rick is denying uh, the, the degree of stories that's coming out from TNA and that Rick is indicating that things are being exaggerated to make him look bad in order to cover TNA's ass for, for you know, that relationship breaking down and, de- and deciding to... The, the feeling is TNA is sending word out through people, apparently Mike Johnson too, this, that, that exaggerated stories of things that have happened in order to take heat off of them for letting Ric Flair go so the Ric Flair fans aren't upset. I'm not vouching for that story, but I'm saying that that's out there, that there's some dispute. You know, the Ric Flair camp, his friends are saying, no, no, he, he, there was, you know, one or two times, and it, and it was under very special circumstances, and TNA's making more of it out, more out of it than it should be. But let, let's say everything is, everything is true or it's true enough. I have no problem with TNA getting rid of him. In fact, I probably would too, even at this stage. Um, but my, my, my argument still is that that's separate from – whether they can't say, well, Ric Flair isn't a draw anymore. Ric Flair doesn't draw ratings, so that's why we won't put up with him. Because that's really their fault. Because yeah. I still think if you use Ric Flair right, you can make money with him in the right circumstance. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you know, I just want to point out, too, that you know, it's, it's not TNA people telling me about his issues in Charlotte, though. Um, so maybe the Flair oh, camp okay. wants to put their spin out there on that part, yep. too. Yep, no, that, that's a good point. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Um, TNA going live. Let, let's uh, try to fit this in before we uh, run out of time here, um, or before I run out of time. The uh, Impact being live every week starting, uh, what, what's the start date on that? It's just uh, uh, one week from Thursday. Early June, yep. So first week of June, I think. 
Um, I, I like it um, if it's something that Spike is helping budget-wise and all that. I mean, I'm, it, for me, it makes impact more destination TV to watch live. When the show is taped, I'm less apt necessarily, depending on how my week has gone and my schedule, to take another evening out of my life to uh, watch wrestling as it airs. Um, you know, it, it's just it's tough because there's, you know, I'm not, not crying about my schedule at all, but there's just times where I'm like, ah, you know, it's pre-taped. We already know what happened. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. I'll watch it later tonight or tomorrow. When it's live, if they do their job, for me, I think there's a greater sense of urgency to watch. What I'm worried about isn't because what matters to me doesn't matter to whether this concept is worth doing. What matters is, does being live lead the masses to watch more often? Or does being live structurally, internally, help them write better TV? Because to me, I think the one way that this helps TNA is because they're dedicating seven days, oh, seven days to each two-hour show. They're not going right from a pay-per-view to having to write uh, two, three, four TVs all at once and produce them all at once and try to you know, have everything make sense. They actually get to do the shows in real time and adjust as they go and put seven days of thought into the shows. To me, it's not the fact that they're live that matters. It's the fact that they're, ta- that they're doing them once a week. That's the biggest deal of all. And also, I think there is a little bit of, and wrestlers will say this, from, Ron's, from WWE, being on Raw Live, there's a different sense of urgency, a different adrenaline rush to going out to the ring to cut a promo or do a match than there is on SmackDown, where you know that if something goes wrong or you know, even if things go right, everyone's going to hear about it before they see it, and, or it'll be edited out or whatever. So, I mean, there's things I like about it, but it has to be the procedural thing behind the scenes that leads to a better show, because going to what I said about reality TV, nobody is going to watch a bad wrestling show that they didn't like before because now it's live. Nobody's going to watch a wrestling show more often that they could take or leave. Yeah, it's, it's okay. They watch once or twice a month. They're not going to watch us the same quality show just because it's live. They may not even know it's taped now. They may not know it's live later. What's going to make – so I, I just – I think if, if Hulk Hogan thinks the in and of itself being live solves 70% of their problems, that I don't understand at all. But, if, again, procedurally – maybe then there's something where the show ends up being better for that respect. So anyway, that, that's kind of catching you know, listeners up on what I think of that. What, what do you think, Jason, on the live content? Yeah, first, I want to apologize for the dog making all of her uh, I didn't hear infection noises again. All right. Mom got home, and uh, yeah, that, that's when it, it, the sinus, uh, the, the weird snorting noises seem to occur. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this, and I, I agree. Uh, well, I do want to ask you, Wade, do you think, though, that – at the rating TNA is at, I, I don't think this would make a damn bit of difference for WWE because it's just they're at a different level. But do you think that there's going to be enough online fans that have given up on TNA that might be receptive now? Go, well, live show, anything can happen. I'll give them a chance. That at their level, I'm not saying it's going to all of a sudden they're going to shoot up to a one five, but could you see that effect in the rating? I think for uh, two or three weeks, maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I, I think the internet. I mean, I just I, I but don't. But that's what they need. You know, I mean, they they need the chance again with some yeah. of those people. I, I think that's the key, and it's up to them whether they deliver or not. They have to make good. If they yeah. do, if people do give them that chance, it's up to them to make to to make the most out of it and try to hook those people again. People gave them a chance, you know, a couple of years ago at the beginning of 2010 for their Monday Night Live experiment, and they didn't produce a show that was good enough to hold people who had right. given them another try. It's the same old. And that's, that's going to be the problem with the three-hour Raw, too. You know, oh, we're three hours. It's exciting. Tune in. Yes, but there has to be something else. 
you know, I understand it's an event, July 23rd, go live, it's Dalton's show, all that, but there has to be a reason to tune in and watch three hours every week. Same thing with TNA. Being live every week, if you're doing things that can only make the show better if you're live, I'm interested in seeing that. And part of it is surprise names showing up. But that only goes so far. That's a, that still can be a crutch. You have to have – it's one thing to pop a rating or to have people tune in for a mystery. But you, you can't sustain that every single week. You have to have a show that is so – that's built and executed so well with stars people care about that people don't want to miss an episode. And the way to do that is, is has a lot more to do with the quality of what you put out there, not the fact that it's taped or live. But I do think – in the short run, the Internet fans who gave up on them, they hear it's live, they're going to get a little bit of a bump. That will go away quickly if those fans see the exact same product that they saw before. Because who wants to sit watch two hours of something they don't like just because it's happening now instead of on Monday? Oh, I agree. It's just I think this gives them a chance to win some of those people back, you know, yeah. at least get their eyeballs looking at the TNA product again. And I mean, I can go – a few weeks of praising Impact and, and even this last time praising a pay-per-view and there's still going to be the snarky comments from people that it's TNA, screw them, you know, something along those lines. This, I, I do think this is going to give, it's going to open some eyes and, and if they can make good on this and start delivering uh, or even continuing to deliver I'd like to see them take it up a notch. I mean, I don't think they, they have a flawless product by any means, and you're never going to, but, I mean, it's not exactly where it needs to, but it's closer now than it was a year ago mm-hmm. to, to where they need to be. My, my fear, though, it, now that they go live, is it what we've been seeing It was dress rehearsal, and now it's, well, we, you know, it's, it's all about ratings and we're live, baby. We've got to go with Hulk Hogan. We've got to get, you know, let's bring Sting back. We've got to get, uh, we call up Ric Flair. Let's bury the hatchet. Do they start relying on, yeah. do, they, do they start making the same damn mistakes they've made for 10 years? I was thinking about that earlier today with the Alex Shelley situation, and I was thinking, if WWE brings Alex Shelley in and Vince looks at him and says, I can make some money with you. You're, in, you're interesting. You're contemporary. You know, you're kind of quirky, but in a way that we can do something with. And a year from now, He's a big star. You know, that, that WWE really makes him work. A year or two from now, if Alex Shelley became available to TNA and they brought him in, but they had to pay big money to get him, they would treat him so differently because he had been to WWE and because he had made good money there. But he's the same Alex Shelley that they had their hands on the last 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, it's, there's that inferiority complex that they have or that lack of confidence that they can present somebody as a star and fans will buy it. They underestimate how much power they have simply by being a show on national television surrounded by, you know, with a, just being the pro wrestling product with some stars around. They totally underestimate how much viewers are willing to buy into a story that's believable. Austin Aries is as close as we've seen. I mean, there's one or two other examples, but Austin Aries is a good, good example of somebody, and sometimes it's gotten him, him in trouble, but he carries himself like a star. He demands on the air. I don't know how much money he makes, if he's underpaid or overpaid, or, but on the air, you would think he's one of the highest paid guys in that company, the way he carries himself. Yeah. And he acts like a star, and TNA's given him the slack, the space, to create the perception that he is a star, and I think people are buying it. Now, granted, it helps to be good, helps to have some kind of natural charisma that he has, but I, I think it's worked. I wish there was a greater transition from heel to face that they did with him, but, um, but it, part of that was Jesse Neal getting injured, and that, or not Jesse Neal, uh, Jesse Sorensen getting injured, and everything kind of got changed up there. But, um, but nevertheless, I, you know, like sometimes you just have to give people – 
present somebody as if they're a star, and fans are a lot more willing to buy into it if that person has at least some talent. They don't have to have eight years of WWE experience. They didn't need to be on Nitro back in the 90s for people to believe they're a star. And TNA just, I don't think, has quite fully embraced what I think is, is a reality, which is they can create their own stars. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think people in the company right now will go, well, what about Bobby Roode and what about James Storm? Well, you, you had them for you know almost 10 years now, and it took you this long to put them in this position. And I'm not saying they've been ready for it the entire time, but come on, they they, they you know there've been people like us calling for those guys and others in that company to be you know pushed in, in into better positions long before they were. And not saying we're going to be right about every guy, but we would have taken a lot more chances than they have. And, and just, yep. you know, you just see it so many. And, and are they going to do that too, Wade? Is it going to be, oh, so-and-so's available. They used to work for WWE. Let's bring him in. Uh, that's it's, it's always my concern about TNA. The other thing working against him right now too, it's like I, I, every time I'm like, eh, things, you know, the show's better. The pay-per-view is actually good for a change. And uh, they're going to go live. I'll be watching Impact. And then they'll have those, like, flashbacks to their greatest moments. And it just reminds me that, yeah, that was a good match, but you really don't have a great era. You really right. don't have that great stretch of pay-per-views or television shows. And, and some people can point to, well, they've had, you know, this era they had pretty a, a, a good roster and a lot of good matches, but they didn't have a good product. It, there hasn't been a, a truly good period for that overall product the yeah. entire time. I, I'm almost like, let's get Slammiversary over again so I don't have to, about, so I don't have to think about TNA's past anymore. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll uh we'll see. I You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed. The Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. The summer got more interesting, yeah. even if it ends up being uh, destroying TNA and WWE or damaging them because TNA spends more money and it doesn't lead to anything. You know, it's one less dangling carrot that they can dangle and say, well, if we're only live, it'll solve all our problems. Um, but at least, you know, Impact being alive this summer, it's gonna, it amps up the, the, the interest level in TNA as a result. Whether TNA takes advantage of that, that willingness, as you put it, Jason, for people to give them another chance because it feels like something different is happening, we'll see. And then WWE going to three hours, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of the worst decisions WWE's ever made uh. on a wrestling product. Um, but if, if, if the... I mean, it's like 80, 70 or 80% of people vote. I think it's 70% of people voting on the torch poll called it an awful decision. 20% said, uh, I'm open to it if the third hour is good. And that's a big if, by the way. And only 10% said they thought it was a good idea. These are wrestling fans. They don't want to see an extra hour. You know, 10% said, yeah, let's, let, this is good. You know, and, and m- more than two-thirds said awful move. WWE, if they see this and they're aware of it, I wonder if they won't step up and go, we've got to give our A-game and prove everybody wrong here, and we're going to blow people away with how we reinvent ourselves here as we enter the second 1,000-show era for Raw. You know, when we hit show 1,000, 1,001, 
Do they really find some ways to reinvigorate the product and rethink everything and make people think, you know what, they, 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 did, they did what we hoped they would do. They made the show at three hours more relevant than it used to be at two because they added all these different things to the mix that make sense, not just fan interaction, but, you know, making the IC title seem important again, making uh, cutting uh, all the things I wrote, you know, cutting back on how often the main adventures appear on TV, but elevating other people in ways that feel meaningful, amping up the tag team division, amping up the cruiserweight division. If they can do that kind of thing, there, there might be a way to fill that time uh, in, in a way where people go, you know what, I thought I wouldn't watch this whole show, but it's so good, I've got to watch it start to finish now. I care more about the wrestlers and what happens in the ring now at three hours than I did when it was two. But they can't just take the two-hour show and spread it out to three by adding five minutes on to a few matches and having a few promos go longer, and having a couple guys who would normally be on NXT or Superstars wrestle a couple matches that mean nothing. If that's what they're going to do to fill their time, that's not going to work, and putting John Cena out there every 20 minutes is going to kill John Cena. So they're in a tough spot. They are, and, and I've, you know, in talking with a number of people, I've yet to hear anyone say, oh, this is a good move. Right. It's universally in, within the industry of the people I've talked with, yep. feel this is just crazy. Um, and then just reader reaction, there, yeah, there are some who take the, hey, more wrestling, you know, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. If I can get more wrestling, it's, it's for the better. That's, that, I mean, and, and I understand that mentality of those fans. It, that, they're, only, they're thinking selfishly about, you know, their wrestling taste. They, they, they want more. They can't get enough of it. Good for them. But they're really, really in the minority. Yeah. And because... If you, and if and you, they can say that, Jason, but they may, after a few weeks, not think that anymore. Very true, yeah. And, and I, I just feel there's the people who are looking at it, the business decision of the readers, I mean, I, I think they all recognize it for what it is. It's just it, it's a cash grab by WWE. And I'm with you. I hope they do things to reinvent Raw, to, to make it a better show, whether it's uh, some of the things you mentioned or doing, you know, adding a pregame show, maybe taking off the overrun a little bit so that really it's only a half hour of extra content. But it, overall, I mean, I just, the, the, the overall reaction to it, the immediate reaction to it has been so negative. Mm-hmm. I don't think people want to see three hours of WWE television on Monday. I don't think even their average fanboy fan, if you will, it, I, I mean, there's going to be some that, hey, yay, more wrestling, it's awesome. But I just think the majority are kind of like, oh, man, three hours. That, well, at least I have a DVR. I, I can yep. tape a lot of this. And, or I'll skip it and wait for highlights on WWE.com, and I'll, I'll read about it online. Yeah, it, it's, I, I really do believe it's bad for their advertisers. I think it's bad for the talent. I think it's bad for the creative team. It's only good for... You know their positioning on Wall Street right now. The short run, in the short run, in the short run, yes. And and you know long term, this could have some really negative effects because yeah, USA. Could, I mean, one thing TNA did and Spike TV was say through the summer they didn't put an end date on this because I, I don't think they wanted to have egg on their face like they did when they had to move off a Monday so quickly. And, you know, if they say through the summer, that's pretty open ended. You can. Well, the end of summer was, you know, we considered it early August. And, and they, didn't, they didn't tell you when it's ending. And, hey, hopefully it's the other way. This is going so good. Why would we stop now? Screw the NFL. Let's, let's take a chance and keep going live. Um, where WWE, it's going to be a little more embarrassing for them because, I mean, this is permanent. And, and I just hope that if this is the negative that we expect it to be, that somebody does have the common sense either on WWE side or USA side to step in and say this has to stop. Yeah. I, and, and, I mean, USA, I think, would be more likely to do it because I think 
Vince and company, especially Vince, they're just stubborn. And, and I think that even with the rating show and everything shows, this is a bad move. He's just going to have the confidence that somehow he can make it work. Well, I, I think the, uh, when the ratings go down, which they're inevitably going to go down, they're going to have to do the math and figure out what, how much would, he have, would we have gone down anyway. In a way, t- Jason, this is actually more valid point. It, their ratings might have been going down to consistently or at least very often under a 3.0. At least now, if things go bad, somebody emailed me this as a conspiracy theory. If, things, if ratings go bad, now Vince can't say, well, yeah, we didn't do a good job building stars, our storylines weren't good, and you know, we just, our product got cold and we drove people away. Now, at least, he has this excuse. Oh, well, we went to three hours and it blew up in our face. And it wasn't my call. USA wanted it. Like, at least there's like an excuse for Vince when ratings go down to 2.5. I think he'd rather have ratings go down to 2.5 doing three hours then ratings go down to 2.7 doing two hours. Because at least he'd have an external reason that wouldn't necessarily fall on him, which was we made a bold move and it backfired, as opposed to we don't know what we're doing anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, he better be careful when making that excuse because uh, that you, you don't want to upset the network. You really yeah. don't. I mean, they have a long relationship, but I, I think it would be a big mistake for him just to pass the buck. Oh, they forced this on us and we didn't really want it. I think that would really be a bold move on his part to, to, to just – come out and say that and let them be the fall guys for his inability to produce a good three-hour product. Yep. Yep. All right, Jason. We'll, uh, we'll end on that note. Covered a lot whoa, of people. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're forgetting the biggest story of the week. What? Brooke Hogan. Oh, God. I mean, come on, Wade. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. The, the same day that they make the, you know, <laughs> they, they get people excited with the live announcement, they, they feel <sighs> the need to bring us right back down. Well, what? What? T- tell me again, because I know Brooke, in order to be qualified for this job, has been uh, studying up, and and you know she's been out of the public eye for a while. But that's because she's been you know really digging deep and preparing for her new role. Yeah, that that's it. Um, and uh, when she is at ringside, uh, boy, there was one where she like looked like she was reaching over the rail to get involved, and it wasn't planned. <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't. I'm like, oh my god! And she, one of the, I can't, I can't. I wish I could remember the match it was in, so people could go look it up. But yeah, I mean, she looked like she was about to do something that nobody knew was coming. And there, one of the guys looked at her like, "Are you kidding?" And backed off quickly to get away from her. I, I, hey, there's. I, I think they will bring her in as a baby face and want to keep her that way. I, I think Hulk Hogan is delusional and thinks that you know everyone loves his daughter. They should be approaching this like a Vicky Guerrero or a Stephanie McMahon where, all right, this is a wrestling audience, let's face it, you know, she might be Hulkster's daughter, but Hulk doesn't have, you know, I mean, we're we're better off positioning her as a heel. But they did the same thing with Garrett Bischoff, and so I just, I, I don't have faith in them to show that restraint and make her, you know, or or show the, uh, gumption to stand up to Hulk and say, come on, you, you got to know people don't care for your daughter. I, and I think it's going to take an overwhelmingly negative live reaction. Thank God they're not going to be able to sweeten up that crowd noise for her when she does debut. If, yeah. if she gets the negative reaction, they better not dig their heels in. But even wait, even if they do, even if, they, if, if it's like planned all along, hey, we know Brooke's not going to be popular with the wrestling audience. We'll bring her in as a face. But with, you know, all along we, we're building to the point where we turn her. Yeah. Um, where has she proven that she can act as well as Stephanie McMahon, Vicky Guerrero, Karen Jarrett, any of them? And I know none of them had proven backgrounds either, but um, I, I've seen Brooke Hogan act. 
It's yeah. not pretty. And now she's going to be on live television. This has the potential to be an absolute train wreck. It might be one of the reasons to tune in. Yeah, in um, a weird way, yes. Yeah. It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW news along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view VIP exclusive roundtables and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership. I mean, you know, it is, it, I mean, part of me just is sort of like, I could get worked up about a lot of stuff, but including Garrett Bischoff, but until it, hap- until it happens, I want to be very specific in what I'm criticizing. And right now, I don't know if this is just, obviously it's charity. Obviously it's, it's nepotism. But to what, to how far do they take it? And is it a PR stunt? And there's a master plan to get them out of it really quickly? Or are, is this just, hey, I'm Hulk and I'm a dad and I'm going to look out for my daughter and... She has no way to support herself unless I create jobs for her that she's not qualified for and use the leverage that I have to get her in the door. And, I mean, that's what this seems to be. And it, 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 it could end up being really bad comedy for all of us. Yeah, it definitely could be some really bad comedy. Yeah, and, I'm not going out on a limb by saying that. No. And, I mean, I, I just, it, yes, it gets you, I assume, like, E or maybe even Entertainment Weekly cared enough to write about it, but... I, I mean, so I'm sure, like, there's some people in TNA going, it's already paying off. Uh, you, you have to assume that people that read those sites even care about Brooke Hogan enough to click on the story. Mm-hmm. And I, so, yeah, I mean, you can go see your name on, you know, your company name on those websites, and Dixie can see her name in a press release that makes it on one of those sites. But it doesn't mean it's leading to any real publicity for your debut show. Right. Um, and I... I, I just I, I roll my eyes at the whole thing. I, yeah. Hey, I'm not rolling out either that maybe she's in, during all this time away, like you said. Well, maybe she's like been taking acting lessons and she's going to blow us all away. But seeing is believing. I don't think acting lessons would would work for her. I don't know what's going to work for Brooke Hogan. I I, I she eh, this is uh, yeah it, 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 it has a train wreck potential. Like I guess is the only thing to really say about it. Who, who knew the, the peak of her career would be the uh, being a Britney Spears knockoff? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the true peak of her career was being on Hogan Knows Best and just being the dim-witted, giggle-a-lot daughter. I mean, you know, she, yeah, she had one song that I can remember, but I think it's, it's not my genre, but I don't think it really got any airplay on those stations. There was a one with, like, that... Paul Wall guy that if if anything that got a little attention because of him but I think the only reason I heard it was because it was Hulk Hogan's daughter and what I do for a living I I, I don't think people recognize Brooke Hogan as a music industry star I think they just see her as oh yeah Hulk Hogan's daughter from that reality show oh totally yeah yeah I mean just a, a fluff charity case who needs to provide some evidence for us to believe that you know she's qualified for any of this that and I mean it's yeah it's 
I mean, I feel I, I used to feel I, I used to feel a little bit bad picking on her because she's just so young and just so sheltered and innocent. But now she's at an age and a point where it's like, go make it on your own. You know, get, yeah. You know, change your name and go go work at at Macy's selling perfume and jewelry and or shoes or something and see if you're qualified to move up the ranks or if your interest is in. Uh, um, uh, trying to think of, you know, just some other job where you know you get in at the ground floor, and if you're good at it, you work your way up. Maybe her passion is is art or music. Well, go to music school and then go work at a radio station as a as a writing the the, the board the board or or uh, whatever. It's just like just do what everybody else does. Go learn how to do something. Do some you know do some tough work at a low level in that company for a while, and then learn from people around you and work your way up. Like do that. And leave and get out of our get out of our public eye. Don't worry. Your your TMZ should not be your oxygen. But for Hogan, being on TMZ is his oxygen, and and uh, and that's all that Brooke has been exposed to. And it's it's. I mean, it's sad. But when do we see Nick? I know. I don't. I, with the type of baggage that he has and the talent level that he has, I don't know. I would I hope would, never. But I, would hope I, never I mean, I, I I don't rule anything out. No, I don't either. Very good, that, Jason. Thanks. Yeah, that's sad note. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for ruining my birthday with having that breakdown Brooke, Brooke Hogan's worth to the world. Hey, well, live. Uh, just uh, uh, <laughs> nine days away, man. I know. At least Impact's not going live the same week that Raw goes to three hours. That would be too much for us to handle. Yeah, I, I just don't even want to think about the, the, the three-hour thing anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I hope they make it fun. I really do. I do, too. I, I hope. I hope they take it as a challenge that – Everyone thinks this is going to be an awful, awful, awful decision. We're going to prove them wrong. Hey, I said it yesterday in the Keller Hotline a couple of days ago. In Eric Bischoff, uh, everyone predicted doom and gloom for Nitro, and he came out and kicked Raw's ass. So, you know, sometimes it, the, the skeptics and the critics and the negativity, which, by the way, is based on grounded reality, can be motivation for somebody to just step up and overachieve beyond what anybody imagined they could. And that's what I hope happens with three-hour Raw. But I, I, have, I would not put money on it. No, and one other, just real quick, don't judge them on one or two weeks of this. If they come out of the gate with two hot shows, yeah, great, but what about, you know, six weeks after that? Or, you know, I mean, just down the road, this isn't something that you can judge based on one show. This is going to work. Again, yeah. if, they, if they take with the formula and they try some new things and people are excited about that, that's different. But if it's the same old format, just stretched out over three hours, but it happens to be good for a couple of weeks, calm down, let's, let's see where it goes. Yeah. I agree. Jason, thanks so much. It's almost like WrestleMania season. We almost went two and a half hours. Wow. What a, what a, what a trooper. It's your birthday. You go almost two and a half hours. Go and have some fun. I know. Or, or, or finish the newsletter. I'm mostly, yeah, I've got to finish the newsletter now, but mostly I'm probably going to be celebrating more so tomorrow because I didn't want to be late with the newsletter. So I will be celebrating your birthday at softball tomorrow night. Just for you, I'll have a beer for you. Well, thank you very much. All right. Have a good birthday, Wade. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, everybody out there. On behalf of Jason, Wade Keller, thanking you for your support and signing off. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. 
There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. So far in 2022, I am down about 10 pounds, and one of the things that's helped me stay on course, eating the proper portions, high-quality ingredients, and healthy meals, but conveniently within my busy schedule, has been Factor. We've been talking about Factor here for a few months, and I am a believer. Um, Their their meals are delicious. Every week, I look forward to picking out the the meals that I'm going to have delivered. I've been sharing some of them with my mom. Um, who has a little bit different uh, preferences than I do, and there's a wide enough selection to satisfy my family and her. Factor makes it easy for me and my family to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves me time by delivering chef-crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There's no dishes to wash. This works perfectly. There's been a few times before Raw or SmackDown where I've been working all afternoon and I've got a real small window for dinner, and I'm so happy those Factor meals are in the fridge because I know in three minutes I'm sitting down and eating a restaurant delivery quality meal that feels like it was chef-crafted and chef-prepared. But you heat them up in two minutes, and you're sitting down and enjoying your meal within three minutes. It's faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. I'm big on eating whole food ingredients. I don't like processed food. I try to really limit uh, processed white flour and empty calories. And there's just not empty calories in these Factor meals, but they're full of flavor. A mix of vegetables, whole grains and a ton of protein and good carbs. I find myself not wanting to add salt or sauce or anything to these meals. I add a little pepper uh, to some of them, but others are, are just the right amount of spice. And with more than 29 meal options each week, you're never going to be bored. There's a rotation of meals. I have what I think are my favorites with Factor, and then the next week there'll be a new meal, and I'll try that, and it gets added to my list of meals that I think Factor's done a great job on. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein options, veggie sides, and more. And it's been keeping me fueled and focused all day long. I've been doing more exercising since the beginning of the year, and Factor gives me the energy to keep going. So head to go.factor75.com slash wade120 
and use code WADE120 to get $120 off. That's code WADE120. That's WADE120 at go.factor75.com slash WADE120. Again, that's go.factor75.com slash WADE120 for $120 off. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast cast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership wrestling fans are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. 
I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast apps to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with the VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. 
GoVIP. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. Rates start at $9.99 a month or get a full year for just $99. You can also get the Weight Killer Hotline through our Patreon tier. That's just $6.99 a month. Details on that are at Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP.